Yeah. So I got my boat tie on, yeah I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah Wow, wow I could be chillin' now So I got my dad hat on, yeah I could be suitin' up So I got my bow tie on, yeah Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow Dad hats and bow ties Dad hats and bow I could be suitin' up so I got my bow tie on, yeah. I could be chillin' now. So I got my dad hat on, yeah. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow. Dad hats and bow ties, dad hats and bow ties. Ladies and gentlemen, it is another episode of Dad Hats and Bow Ties. It's the kid XAB, and this is episode 102. Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's your man distinguished to God. It's your boy D Flow. Alright, so we're getting closer and closer to getting back in the office sooner or later. Um, but with that being said, anybody got an all-man moment? Yeah, I do. So this past weekend I was in Atlantic City. Whenever this nigga say yeah, I do like that, yeah, you know the shit know. about to get spicy. Minded <laughs> minding my business, living life, and I was in a pool. And when I was in the pool, I had my ascot on. Now, I'm learning a lot of people don't know what the fucking ascot is. Uh, they just don't know. So they're going to think of some whole other shit, which is perfectly fine because, you know, the sandwich don't really give a fuck. So I'm wearing this shit in the pool, living life, swimming. I just realized this nigga talks in third person. You yeah, know, I'm trying to figure swimming. it out right now. Man. <laughs> ahead, and, uh, you know, living life, you know. I'm dead with Shorty, you know. Here you go with the she yellows. Had, she had a this nice little, <laughs> she had a nice little, you know, bathing suit on. You feel the me? Fourth one. And <laughs> long story short, we getting up out the pool to go like on the sun deck, and supposedly a woman was watching us walk up there, and I was leading the person I was with. And she turns to her and goes, him? No. All because I had the ascot on. So the interpretation was, he gay. So Shorty looks at her like she's about to fuck her up. And she was like, yeah, so when you was going up, the lady made a remark and I was about to beat her up. Because she was looking at you like, you was gay all because you had the ascot on in the pool and that got me really tight. So then it just made me think like people really will just look at you, not know what the fuck is going on and just make a crazy assumption. Now imagine if she would have beat her up. That would have been wild. That would have been wild, son. That would have been wild. She just made like an accusation and that shit was crazy. Um, My second all man moment is worse than the first one. I feel like the first one, it was funny to me. Yeah, yeah. This one actually blew mine. We're leaving now the hotel, you know, checkout day. We're waiting on the floor, y'all, for almost 40 minutes to leave the actual hotel because, you know, COVID. 
they only allow four people in a fucking hotel um, elevator at a time. I already predicted what was going to happen because I'm psychic. I said, the longer we stay here, people are going to get agitated. People are going to want to fight. You said what? Did you just <laughs> call yourself a psychic? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. First of all, my nigga, who the fuck wears an ascot at a pool, bro? Me. I'm not I'm not understanding. I was I was Me. confused. So you had on a shirt? No, it was off. And I tied it and I tied it <laughs> into a bow. Up, bro. Nah, and I tied nah, it nah, into nah. a little <laughs> let's, 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 let's hold the fuck up. I mean, Can y'all please tell the gum. listeners what an ascot is? Because the, Bro, it's the, <laughs> that, that, that's the name of it. <laughs> I know, but tell the listeners what it tell looks like. Tell the what it is. So an ascot is basically a piece of, and it doesn't have to look like a tie, um, actually. Ascot can literally look like a piece of cloth, and it's the way that you uh, tie it, which kind of makes it. I don't understand. Which kind of makes don't. it an ascot. So Why did you have an ascot on? In With the no fucking neck? shirt, bro. Because <laughs> I so felt you have free. swimming trunks and an ascot. Yeah, that's I felt your, free. That's your accessory, my nigga? I felt free. It was my side. I felt free. free. Yeah. Okay. Nigga, did you dive in the water with that shit on? They said no diving. I just jumped in it. There's was, was no diving. What What was the purpose Yo, of the ascot? This I dude? am not I, going I actually, on any I trips with this man. I actually want to know, bro. Like, it was no slightly... I, just, I, I just felt like wearing it. So that you put on your swimming jersey and be like, "Yo, if I wear this ascot, it's gonna make you know this what's fitting. You know what's fitting to make this outfit <laughs> pop, pop it. Pop? This ascot <laughs> right here. This ascot yeah. On. yeah. Please tell. Please tell me you didn't have it turned to the side. Please tell me you had it like right in the middle of your throat. You didn't have it turned to like a, a angle or anything, right? No, I I had it tied right in the middle of the throat. But if I would have had, I, I should have probably pulled it to the side. I think your date got it confused, or whoever you were with. Let me not call it a date. Let me not. Fuck your shit up. No, no, uh, nah. The no, the problem was the person that was looking at me was like, no. But what I'm saying is, I think yeah. your date got it confused because <laughs> your date was like, yo, she must be saying that because she's making an accusation that he's gay. But I think what the lady was saying was this motherfucker must be crazy as hell to be wearing a motherfucking a ascot, ascot in the trunks. pool. This nigga live life, <laughs> live nah, life. Nah, nah, nah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You knew why you wore that, bro. You, you knew why you put that shit on, bro. Nobody. Nah, I mean, who the fuck wears an ascot to go swimming? I just bro? told you this, this. This nigga named Distinguished. I told you, third person. I told so, you. Okay, so we need clarification. What what about wearing the ascot empowered the swimming experience? That's, That's what, what I need to, to know. Out. That's I, all I, I actually to... need to know at this point, bro. Like you have to give me. I'm not going to let it slide. You cannot <laughs> let this shit slide, bro. You cannot. You had? Did you have your glasses on? I took them off. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Go. So you took your fucking glasses off. But yeah, let and the I put the ascot on. I put the ascot on. Yeah. I needed right. the full experience. <laughs> I needed the full experience. I liked when the water engulfed my trunks. I liked how it raised up in the water. We was in it. We was in a a a, 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 a four like feet pool. <laughs> you like when the water engulfed your trunks? Is this this is what you're choosing to say right now? So the so the ascot did it make you feel distinguished while you were in the water? Is that is that nah, what it was? It made me feel pretty. 
Okay. Did you All right, moving on. Of something around <laughs> no, your throat? No, no, no. We're moving on. We're moving on. We're moving on, guys. We're, mo- <laughs> we're moving on. <laughs> we're not doing this. <laughs> we're not starting a show like this. Oh, no, son. <laughs> More Deep and more you gotta want him. More you gotta want me. You gotta want me, bro. It's not. You come down to life, bro. I don't know, son. Hey, I would, man. I would put on my trunks and be like, you know what's gonna set this shit off right here? I'm finna. I'm yo. I would even accept it if it was a bow tie. If you put a bow tie on it, went in the water. Bow tie would have still been slightly questionable, <laughs> bro. Bow tie would have been, been questionable. Like, bow tie would have been questionable. Bow, my nigga, you look at all of us going, bro. Imagine if all of us went. No, out. no, 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 no. This thing which don't ever do that shit if we all go on a trip. <laughs> Facts. I'm, I'm ripping that I, shit I'm off. I'm gonna rip it I'm off. ripping that shit. I'm, I'm telling you. We're telling gonna, you right now. Like, we're gonna conspire in secrecy, <laughs> and then we're gonna hold you down and take <laughs> the shit off, bro. Don't you take off be, my ascot from my neck. <laughs> You're gonna be slightly upset, bro, but you, you can relax. You can relax. You can relax. Also, Don't touch my neck without my consent. Like, yeah. First of all, it's slightly weird that all of us would have been walking downstairs together with our trunks <laughs> on, and this one nigga has an ascot on. Ascot on. Everybody, everybody else just got their trunks and maybe a t-shirt on, and here come this here one come nigga. This nigga over here talking about. Talking about yeah, I'm, I'm I'm that nigga today. No, no sir, no sir, no. <laughs> Word. I'm, I'm that nigga. Today. I'm feeling feeling extra bonita today. Feeling extra. Yeah. You're probably yo Flo. Your what's your old man? Time. What's your old man, bro? What's, <laughs> what's your old man? So my old man is again. Your old man was wearing a fucking ass car with <laughs> swimming trucks. That's your motherfucking old man moment. You ain't got shit else to say. Oh, we bro. was trying oh, to leave was, the fucking hotel. You, you got another one. I forgot. Yeah, we was trying to leave the hotel. And we're waiting on the floor for like 30, almost 40 minutes. And I kept telling the people there that was waiting with us. I said, you know, guys, the longer we wait is the more people are going to get frustrated is the more and more people are going to get mad. So we're going to have to make a decision. I don't know whoever saw Ant Farm. I don't know whoever uh, read The Lord of the Flies, but we're going to have to make a decision with this conk. And the next elevator that comes, we're just going to have to bombard that shit i'm sorry and we tried to do it and it, this white guy put his stiff arm out like he was you know about to help out a tackle no 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 i was like bro calm down he said it's too much people i said bro we've been waiting for like 30 minutes i don't care wait for the next one we waited for like no exaggeration we waited maybe for like almost 34 minutes just to leave the 14th floor of the fucking hotel when we got to where we was going the way we got on the elevator Two Asian women was like, we don't care how much people's in the elevator. We're just trying to leave as well. No black person stopped it for us. No Spanish person. No white person. It's two little Asian women. I was like, interesting. The news did this to us. The news told us to treat everybody like they have the COVID disease. And everybody treated everybody like they had the COVID disease. And what I fear moving forward, if we don't get a handle on this shit, there's going to be crazy fights we're going to hear because people are trying to check out and they can't because they shut down the freight elevators. You couldn't take the stairs and you can only have four people in the elevator that could probably hold on a regular day, maybe 15 people. The thing I didn't like, though, is that all throughout the hotel and the casino, they're telling you social distance. But, bro, none of us. Bro, it's so much people. There's no way we could be social distance from each other. Honestly, it's enough space. But realistically, it wasn't happening. Well, that's why going to the casino is a risk for sure. Uh, and I'm good on. I'm gonna. 
I'm good off going to the casino, but you know, we um, was on a boardwalk. We was and nobody was social distancing. That's why Nevada had to shut down because niggas is going to casinos. Really, you're not. Once you get drunk in the casino, you're not social. Distancing. Oh yeah, it's, it's over. It's over. It's over for that. It's like so, a big ass bar with multiple bars. Yeah, so you yeah. go in the bar, the bar, the bar. You go into the food spots. Yeah. You you're all sitting close. To, or you're all sitting by the by the fucking slot machines. Maybe there's someone over your shoulder watching you do it. Like it's it's a mess, but yeah, that was my all oh, man. That that shit it blew mine, but it just made me think. And I've said this already when COVID first started, bro. Mentally, a lot of people are not gonna make it out of this COVID thing. Mentally, a lot of people will be scarred for years to come, bro. Like it's, it's, it's I don't think I don't think it's healthy. I, think it's good. I mean, it's it's healthy for some people, but for a lot of people, for for certain, for it's health. It's healthy for the people, or it was healthy for the people who had the luxury to still get paid mm-hmm. and maybe lived in an area where they, they could go to the park and spend time with their family um, in ways that they weren't able to do with whatever their demanding schedule was. But on the flip side of it, like you said, for a lot of people who were either trapped in a house with people they don't like or... Maybe just don't do good by themselves. Good being trapped in the house at all. People who are not doing well with uh um with just loneliness and who didn't have any money coming in really and truly. Oh yeah, for facts. whatever reason yeah, they they were for whatever reason. Sick. You know that this probably was not the best environment for them. So. Yeah, it's going to be in the history books, and we will see how this all plays out. We're going to see how how they say we beat it and and when things got back to normal. I mean, I'm telling y- y'all right now. Y- y'all going to find out next week, man. School opening up next week, correct? I'm telling y'all right now, school's going to be open for the most a month. And they're going to oh, close them. Oh, shit. Wow, wow. They're going to close all that shit down. Wow. Every school district that opened up has seen a spike in COVID cases. Oh, so you're shit. not finna, you're not finna to tell me that New York City <laughs> is gonna open up at, with with no type of with no type of actual plan for schools to open up appropriately from the DOE to to really see all the different aspects of what's happening. They just kind of telling schools to wing it. That which is why teachers are striking. Um, or the teachers' union is, is striking, so you're not finna to tell me niggas is gonna be able to open up and COVID is not gonna go rampant. I I just don't see it not happening. Cause cause opening schools was the last piece of the puzzle to really get that virus moving again in this city, and they're not doing they're not doing the free bus rides anymore. They're stopping that today. Oh so people, shit. Uh, through through COVID, they were letting people ride the bus for free. You didn't have to, you didn't have to pay a fare. Damn. Yep, MCA was letting people ride the yeah. bus for free. I, I wouldn't know. I haven't been on a bus since like February. They've been, they've been closing the, they've been stopping train service at I think four in the morning or some shit like that, or or to from clean two it? to four. Okay. I don't know if it's just to clean it or just to not have people riding the trains. Oh shit! So that so means I think after twelve, nigga, you stuck. If you in the city or some <laughs> shit somewhere, you gonna have to Uber it or or find. And I think that's a test because they've been talking about doing that in general because they have to restore some of the train tracks. 
So I guess they said, well, let's test it out during this COVID pandemic. But if if they do that, Uber and Lyft and all those other uh, uh, taxi service companies are going to have to charge people more money for, for the serve because they're going to get an influx. Oh, he called me earlier. I don't know if he's probably going to ask you to come in tomorrow. <laughs> oh. But yeah, go. What was he saying? D? Yeah, I was just going to say at the end of the day, you know, all these other taxi and limousine companies are going to probably charge more because remember, they're going to be getting hit with an influx of people this fall, this winter season that they've never experienced. Because my mom was telling me that she heard the, the people on the news, I guess the news anchors were saying that we first was really getting spikes of COVID October, November of last year, but we weren't really privy to it. We started to really learn about the shit January, February, and then March of this year, that's when shit started to get shut down. So I'm thinking to myself, so if the surge happens again and we, and, and we haven't had a handle on the surge happening this very first time, what makes the city and the people that quote unquote run this city think that we're going to be able to handle it when we like, we really don't know the effects that's really going to take if spikes are still going up now and they're talking about opening shit up. Like, so many businesses have opened up, bro, and closed within the last month. It's fucking ridiculous. It's fucking what ridiculous. Do, what doesn't make sense to me is they don't know. Nobody knows if this second wave is going to come or not. They, there's been, like, things like the swine flu, which only happened for, like, a year. Mm-hmm. And then the virus never really came back another right. second time. But then you have things like the flu, which That's year round, flu, right. which comes every season. It seems mm-hmm. to spike up every season. We don't know what's going to happen with COVID. A lot of people are predicting that this is a seasonal virus. This is not a virus that just will be here and then gone. So we're kind of, I get it. Everything kind of has to open back up. People are suffering financially. Um, but I think that says more about our financial systems than oh, it yeah. says about yeah. anything else. So yeah, yeah. how are we going to deal with that if there's a second wave? Because like we've been saying on the show, we know shit not going to shut down like it did before. No, 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 Un- no. Unless we start to see some crazy numbers of deaths again. Like thousands seems- of people a day type shit. And it seems like there's more of a handle on the death situation. It just seems that the virus is continuing but they're able to save more people from dying. Mm-hmm. But unless we see a spike in deaths again, where it's 4,000 a day, 5,000 a day, good luck, 6,000 a day again, I don't see anything shutting back down. New Jersey is opening inside dining. Oh, uh, shit. I think next week or oh, something like that. Jersey, good luck. Jeez. So they're going to be opening inside dining. Jersey and Atlanta really just, they're really testing those waters, man. Good luck. Testing those waters. Yeah, so it's getting real crazy out there. But um, all right, let's uh, uh my all man, my all man is I was driving for forever yesterday, right? And I uh, I was able to get my credit uh in a nice little little space. Nice. I was excited about that. Nice. And then I found out my muffler was fucked up. And had to replace the whole muffler off of a small piece. Oh, shit. And that shit was 1800 just to just to get that situation Wait. Uh, fixed. You had to pay the whole thing right then and there? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, shit. Oh, I know that fucked your whole day up. 
God damn. Fucked my whole shit up. I'd have been Fucked sick. <laughs> so now I got to fucking pay that shit back down because I damn sure wasn't taking it from anything I saved or anything right. like that. But um, wow. now I got to pay the shit back down and back to square one with that bullshit. <sighs> but yeah, so that's my all man moment. Wow. Uh, let's, let's get into these topics. I don't know what the fuck happened to D-Flow. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Wait, what the fuck did happen to D-Flow? He looks, he looks frozen. Yeah, he's frozen. That nigga might. Y'all niggas know we doing this shit virtually, so. Yeah, this nigga look frozen. Yeah, he's, but, um, gonna, yeah, he's gonna have to come back in. So, so yeah. Um, so, Future said that no one is able to flirt with your girl unless she's interested. What do Damn. you think about that, D? Well, first and foremost, we got to give Future a lot of credit because Future been predicting a lot of shit in the future. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I think that, again, I, I shared this story on the podcast. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, but I definitely remember sharing a story with y'all brothers where I took a chick out, and this was like back in 2011. I picked her up. I took her to the spot. I went to the restroom. I came back out. Shorty had drinks on the table. I was like, oh, great. Where's my drink? She goes, he bought the drinks. It was another random nigga at the table. I said, so where's my drink? She said, oh, he only offered me a drink, which means some moment of time from the time I went in the bathroom to fucking take a shit to the time y'all fucking, <laughs> right? I had to have taken a shit because I don't, I don't remember if I took a shit or peed, but it happened so fast. I came back out and there was drinks on the table and she had a wine glass. He had a wine glass and his friend had a wine glass. And there was no wine glass for me. And I was just like, yo, where's mine at? <laughs> She thought, oh, Malek, he offered it only to me. I was like, but you came in here with me. So you gave him enough confidence or enough energy for him to feel That's like he could have That's wild disrespectful. That's wild disrespectful. Bro, I was, I was upset, and I really wasn't my feelings to the point where I said, you know what? And if that's the case, he could just take you home. And I stopped talking to her for like a good portion of the night, and then she was like, oh, I'm so sorry, Malek. I didn't know you were going to get offended. I was like, you know what? I'm actually ready to go. So I was like, I'm ready to go. So I ended up taking her home and I went back to the spot and ended up fucking with another <laughs> chick and had an amazing night. Sin was there. She knows the story. It was, it was an amazing night. Uh, untamed, untamed days. It was a lot of untamed things going on. I ain't even mad at you. <laughs> I, had, yeah. I had a similar situation like that. Really? Um, Yo, I'm going to see if I can where, take this nigga out. I don't know. What nah, you can't because it'll, um, he can't come back in. Oh, shit. Okay. I think he's on a call, but. Okay. Oh, um, he's back. Oh my man, my man Flo. <laughs> I was about, I was about, I was, about to, I was trying to take you out the show. I was like, this nigga look crazy on the screen. But it, a similar situation. Okay. A similar situation happened to me. I was with a girl I was dating, and and she went to the bar to get a drink. And you know I don't drink, so right. You know I gave her my ticket mm-hmm. to get the free drink. Yeah, it was one get, of them yeah. situations. Yeah, two you get drinks. A, you get a ticket when you get in, and you. So I gave her my ticket. She went to the bar. I stayed on the dance floor mm-hmm. um, because, at least in my mind, there's certain spots in the club you don't want to relinquish because then everybody else is going to go there. And it was just me and her. So I was like, all right, I'm going to stay at, at the on the dance floor. Right. She was like, well, we were, this was new dating phase. She was like, she got confused because most dudes uh, would, would make sure to, to walk with her to to kind of claim her like yo this is mine <laughs> mm-hmm. nobody at the bar try and deal with and like try to talk to her mm-hmm. I'm like well I hear that but I'm not territorial like that because 
if you with me, then I expect you to move like you with me. So you treated her like an ascot around my neck. No, I don't even know what that means. But okay. if you if you're with me and a dude and a dude approaches you, you're with me. So like move as it, uh, accordingly. That's in my mind. So she went to the bar and dudes bought her a dude bought her a drink. Right. And then the dude was kind of like trying to talk to her and then she like came back to me and I was mm-hmm. like, "Where'd you get that drink from?" And she was like, oh, he got it for me. And I was like, <laughs> you know, the way like, chicks say shit like that, like, oh, yeah, he, fuck you mean he got it for you? Who, who are I you here like, with? Yeah, I'm like, uh, that's weird. And then, like, she went back to get another drink, and now he was trying to talk to her. And she was like, oh, uh, I don't know. He, he was being friendly, but now it's kind of like he, he keeps trying to talk to me. And I'm uh, like, well, what the fuck did yo, you think? Like yo, you let him I, buy you a drink. Yo, chicks is hate, wild yo, for we that. We gotta do that, son. You gotta go to the club with two shorties and then meet a whole other shorty there and buy drinks with another shorty, grind up on another. And shorty. they will look at you like you're a and fucking clown, like, bro. What, what are you doing? Like you're here with us, and I would have been like, yeah, but she was just being friendly. Yeah, she was just <laughs> cool. So I go. just, I just, uh, nah, it gotta be a bad chick too. I was just buying her drinks because right. she we I was we was just being friendly. That's the like, thing that nigga, you do. I'm like, yo, and I told her, I was like, yo, if a dude is buying you drinks, it's to start a conversation with you. Like we all know. I was like, you gotta stop playing. Like, stop playing. Stop playing with me. Stop acting like you don't know certain things. Cause if a dude Dude's is buying you drinks and and gonna converse with you at the bar, it's not it may be because he wants to be cool, but nine out of ten times. He's trying to see what's up. Facts. So if you here with me, facts, then obviously you need to be dubbing that. Like that's how I see it. I don't know if as niggas we must be insane, but and we definitely got to bring this shit up for a live show. We oh, gotta we, we gotta to. save this this. But um but yeah. So future to. says uh, that your girl can't be flirted with if um if she's really invested in you. I agree to some extent. I mean, there's always. The ability to be flirted with. Now, nigga, giving uh, play... Niggas could always get through, bro. If but giving play? She's not going to give play if she's into you. I, I'll say that. I man. agree. She, I agree 100%. Niggas will flirt with your girl all day. But if if it's up to her to give the nigga play or not. And so I don't think she's going to give her play, give up play if she's really invested in you. No, I think, I think the difference is... Women, I've seen this happen a lot. And I see with women, I only see women who act uninterested if they're fully committed. Mm-hmm. If they're fully committed to to a man, they will let you know off rip I got a man. Even if he's a fuck nigga and they know Even that if he's, he's a cheating, fuck nigga. He, they know he's doing stupid shit. They'll still dub your shit. But they probably, w, but, but they they probably might, doing stupid shit too. The thing is, though, bro, a lot of these girls will still give you play. They won't let you fuck, but they will give you play. They will let you think you have a shot, just for attention purposes, too. Mm. And would lead you on, make you feel like you got a shot, but won't let you hit unless that nigga that they fucking with, they really don't want to fuck with that nigga. Some chicks are just cornballs like that, and it's just built into their DNA to be be fuck girls. But I think when you have a woman and she's fully committed... Like you said, a, a girl will let you flirt with her, 
And I think niggas do the same thing. And niggas will let a chick flirt with you. And part of it with women is is uh, not to get it too too you know serious too quickly, but a lot of it with women sometimes is they feel like if they don't flirt, they're gonna get cursed out, or or some nigga is gonna say some wild reckless shit. So sometimes a girl will flirt just to avoid all that dumb shit. And then there's other times where it's just a matter of they give and play. But they like like Flo said, they're not gonna let it go further than maybe giving you their number or their Instagram and letting you be in a DM every now and then and possibly, possibly going to dinner with you a couple of times. <laughs> until, I was about to say that. Until a nigga like fuck the shit up and then then they might let you slide. <laughs> If a that nigga a do fact. some wild shit, they might let you slide it. That's a fact. A lot of times they might. If you really, if you really, are, if you really a smooth, suave nigga, you might be able to get a date. You might be able to get a dinner. You might be able to get her. You might be able to catch her slipping out. I, I don't mean slipping like on some wild reckless shit. I'm just mean yeah. like nah. you might be able to, to on a talk good night. To her. On, on a, a good, good night, night, you might get a peck. You might get a peck. <laughs> you might on get a, a peck. Good, good, good night. <laughs> like you really spitting game. Like you really have her. I'm talking about having her laugh till she snort. Until <laughs> she like Nicki Minaj like, <laughs> like, like that type of laugh. Dead. I'm talking about you really sitting there like taking her to push her to the point where she don't even have to try to be cute no more. She could just be herself. Mm-hmm. Right. And once What's, you crack Yo, that, once the chick start being herself. It's That's over. it. You done won. You act, you're there to. You the can't. only way you can fuck this up is if you show her that you're a cornball. Because all of us are low key cornballs. It's just how we. It's just how we play it out. True. The thing is, That's a fact, we, bro. You know, with girls, it's funny. Women are funny, son, because women. When they let their guard down and start being normal with you, they wild cornballs, bro. They're wild cornballs. But the minute a nigga lets down his guard and starts being a regular dude. Oh, you corny! Like he's like you gotta stay in. You gotta you stay gotta swag stay mode all day, bro. Facts. You guess what you got? Because a male nigga be like, yo, honestly, yo, like, it, yo, it's crazy. I was thinking about this shit the other day because I've I've thought about all the different types of girls that I dated, and I was like, yo, you meet certain girls, they be in they fucking high heels all the time, dolled up, glistening, smelling good. Makeup on point. And then you start to date them. You find out they want to fart. Like for, for shits and giggles. For shits you, and giggles, bro. You, you find out they like watching certain corny ass shows and really be invested. Like the shit is real life. Or like the storyline is good. And it's like, yo, this show is trash. Like you find trash. out all these cornball aspects about or them. they really got bad hygiene. Be like, damn, son. That's the only time yo, you had a mystery. It's that the only too. time you yeah. use Listerine when I met you, bitch. <laughs> like, you start to realize certain things. You're like, yo, this girl is corny. She want to call you while she in the bathroom all of a sudden. <laughs> talking about, I'm getting ready for bed. She want to be on the phone putting fucking cream on her fucking, she, fucking bumps. She do wild <laughs> corny shit when she drunk. She do wild corny shit. Like Talking about... Have you ever ate nachos at two in the morning? Yeah, like, like, oh you get the fuck off my phone. <laughs> what? I'm dead. Talking of, talking eating about weird, weird shit. Weird hey. shit sitting there eating peanut butter and celery talking about <laughs> this is the bomb right here. No, no. Get the celery out your fucking tooth. But let her see you play in a video game. Oh, her see you. oh my oh, God. Oh you still play God. games? 
You still play games? Yes, I whooped these ass. Hey, uh, let us see you watch an anime episode. <laughs> now you're a corny nigga. Now you're a corny nigga. Unless they're with the shits too. If they're Unless with they the anime with the shits. shits too, they're going to be like, oh, you already watched that too? And then there's a bond for life at that point. And um, Those are rare though. They get it. They're increasing. But the chicks that are down to watch anime, like y'all a special type of breed. I f- yeah, the, 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 no, the bat, like the chicks that know how to make it sexy in the streets, but then come home and could watch some anime with you. They're a rare breed, and and we love y'all. Like y'all Facts. are y'all are a special breed. Because you guys are into video games, at least at the very least into video games. Because <clears throat> you know there's like, different tiers of it. There's different tiers of the the chicks that are into anime and video games. <laughs> that is a fact. You, you got get the, the different types, ones, and then you got the ones that will bust your ass too. <laughs> and, and then no you got more facts than you do. You got the ones that that fit the stereotype of the gamer girl, and then you got mm-hmm. the ones that you ain't even know was into games and and like you said they can bust your ass and no more stats than you you'd be like oh Facts. shit be like wait i didn't even know you get down like that yeah i do and you're like all right <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's when you just be like all right my bad my fault so ti ti has a new song coming with young thug and ti Sorry, put that. on his <laughs> what you say Flo? now i saw i saw the post i saw oh, the yeah, post. Yeah. I followed so, it, so. So T.I. put that post out there and he was like, he was hyping it like, yo, there's a banger coming. Oh, instant classic. Now, for me, there are certain artists that when they do that, I take it at face value. Drake drops something to say, yo, my next single about to be fire. I, I'm pretty sure it's going to be fire. T.I., I got to question it, bro. I don't know if this young thug ti collab is actually fire son i feel like tip is saying it's fire but i can't really trust tip's word there's certain artists that you can't trust their words said i feel like i mean tip the, is one their of last collab was dope though it bro. was fire it was fire co- the last collab was great it was fire it was a dope song they actually have ti and uh thug they have a good three records that are actually fire together um Cause I I've watched like I'm I'm a Ti fan so I got mad Ti music I know a lot about Ti in terms of him and Thug they got like three records that right after they did if it ain't all about the money they had two more records after that that didn't do as good as that record but they came out before that record and I feel like it's because of how that record was put together the 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 video the visuals and just how that that hook goes off crazy that's what blew that shit up and their two sounds coming together to make one sound was different for the industry um now nah, they the make magic together they yeah. definitely make they magic is all about the money is one of my favorite records bro that shit that, that song that goes shit off that song goes crazy but is um, there any artist that you see when they be trying to hype a track that you you kind of think like i don't know uh, like niggas like kanye is in that box for me now because kanye yeah. for the longest time he'd be like yo this shit about to be fired kanye's in that box DJ Khaled for me got in that box as of recent, like last mm. year. I'm like, damn. Yeah. Everything he drop is not a banger, son. I'm like, damn. This nigga say we the best. Some of these shits is trash though. <laughs> some of them, <laughs> some of shits is trash. And some of them shits is we the less. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't, I ain't gonna say they're trash, but it's definitely overhyped. It's overhyped because sure. he has like so last... many hits that he says that. But all of this last of... project. Was was overhyped. Yeah, yeah. It was overhyped. Yeah, yeah. it was overhyped. It had some good songs, but it was overhyped. The, it was yeah, the overhyped. whole project collective overhyped. was overhyped. Yeah. 
It was overhyped. Certain artists just oversell it. Like, you know, certain artists would be like, if you gas it too much, then people are going to get, they're going to over, you're going to overhype it, and then it's not going to be, it's not going to live up to the to the expectation. You know who does that a lot? So, this nigga Wale. Wale does that shit all the time, son. Because Wale will be talking about a record or talking about an interview, and then he'll be like, yeah, this right. And then sometimes the record drop, to me, them shits don't be hitting. Like, for me... I love Wale, but sometimes his biggest records come with features. He really hasn't had a standalone record in a long ass time. Like, you know, you know what it is with with Wale. Wale is arrogant. Yeah, so, he so is low key arrogant. He comes off that. like he's not, but he really is though. Yeah. So when he's he drops a good those, lyricist. nah, when, he's a good when lyricist. He, when he drops those records and he and and he he hypes them arrogantly, they don't live up to the arrogance because you're already like, all right, this nigga really let me. Yo, let me hear what he, what he's really saying on this shit, and then it be it could be a good song, but it's like all that arrogant shit you was saying, like took away from it just being a decent song. It, it ain't it ain't reached the levels of of height where you're allowed to be arrogant, and I think that's what ends up happening. And I feel like when yeah, niggas like a Wale, when he's on a camp like MMG, even though they family and it's you know friendly competition, not really because the way I look at it. Rick Ross has a stellar career. Meek Mill has a stellar career. The only nigga that's lacking in that camp is Wale, if I'm keeping it 100. He's the, to me, he's the only nigga that, for me, hasn't reached his full potential musically. He might be the most liked in a lot of different, like, he might, he might be the one on the camp that got the most chicks. Maybe he's the one that gets, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the most um, uh, uh, fan publicity in terms of, like, people probably fuck with him out of the collective more with a lot of different things, because Wale is just open about a lot more stuff. Meek Mill just became a bit more open, and then Rick Ross just became a bit more open about his health when he was on the uh, Tamar show, and he was talking about his health and why he stopped taking the pills and what he was using it for. But I feel like in terms of musically, nah. He hasn't reached his peak, and he's been in the game for almost 10 years now. Shit's just crazy. I agree. I think with Wale, and for me with Wale personal, I just think he just doesn't have radio he doesn't put out radio hits yeah and i think a lot of times he tries to push it off like they're radio hits but for me wally i still group him in the mixtape category personally he's a great mixtape artist i think he's dope for that he makes a, he makes some good singles mm -hmm. but um a lot of his songs aren't really meant for radio and that's where meek and ross kind of outdid him especially meek because they both came up underneath ross and um there's I also this business. Uh -huh. Yeah, I was about to say. I think there's a little bit of business favoritism going on there too, because yeah, Wale think, definitely Wale has Wale's singles typically aren't the club banger singles, but he can make one of those. That we can't forget about No Hands with uh with um what's his name um the other whatever the nigga name is. Was but, it Big uh, Sean? Nah, look, mommy, no hands, and I, and I, I don't dance, and not Roscoe. I'm not, uh, oh, oh, you talking about Dash. Roscoe Dash? Roscoe Dash. Roscoe yeah, Dash. Roscoe Dash. I don't remember who. Yeah, so um, we can't forget about that. That shit was lit. But um, I think that what it is with Wale is definitely, Wale's a sensitive artist, and yeah. I feel like there were times where when he was beefing with MMG, but the background noise that we didn't get to see definitely put him in a space where it was like, yo, Wale wilding right now, this opportunity is going to Meek. Or mm -hmm. Wale doing too much, I'm going to take this opportunity. And Or Wale kind of removed himself 
And so there was a period of time where I, I definitely feel like Wale wasn't getting along with the label and even uh, beyond MMG, the mother label. And they were just kind of like, I was like, about to say that, yeah. You not, you not, you not getting the shine that you wanted. And he still was able to leak out a fucking hit every now and then. Bad, when Bad came Ooh. out, that shit oh, took yeah. over. Bad took over uh, like crazy. And I think that's what's still when he was underneath Rock Nation because remember all of them are managed by Rock Nation, and mm-hmm. then he dipped from Rock Nation when that whole feud was happening, and he went and he signed with LeBron's management team, and um. I remember that situation because he was talking about it. That's before he released the album with um, Seinfeld with, uh, joint. With the Seinfeld joint. Okay. And he was talking and he was like, yo, I feel like, you know, he was still signed to MMG, but, you know, losing the Rock Nation situation and then leaving Rock Nation as the management group kind of slowed him down because even though Braun and them were doing a pretty good situation, it just didn't cross over the way it needed to. I mean, you got Ross, who's pretty much managed by Diddy, and then you got fucking Meek, who's managed by Hove. So it's like, you know what? What can you think you're going to, you know, compete from that circle and not get pushed the proper way? And and Ross said it. Ross is like a part of the reason why Wale ain't where he's supposed to be is partly because of Wale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you feel me? Yeah. So, you know, I, I think Ross tried to give them fair opportunities, but I think Meek just soaked up the information a bit, followed true to the to the to the blueprint Ross gave him and ran with it more than 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 Wale probably did. And I think like what except the arrogance, he probably felt he could challenge Ross on certain things. Meanwhile, Meek was just more there to soak up information. So since we kind of in this like management conversation let's talk about akon one saying that he passed up on drake and then two he said that t-pain could have been bigger but let's start with drake he said he passed up on drake because he said drake sounded too much like eminem back in 2005 i think he got his dates mixed up because i don't even know if drake had a mixtape out i don't even know if drake was out in 2000 drake was still on fucking degrassi i was 15 years old in 2005 (laughs) i'm pretty sure he was still on degrassi but what do you think about Akon passing up Drake? Do you think Drake would have been good uh, under Akon's management? I don't know, to be honest, because I didn't even know. First of all, when Akon came out, um, that record locked up wasn't doing anything until they threw fucking Styles P on the record. When they threw mm. Styles P on that record, that because the, the, Akon over here needed the street credibility for that record to be pushed because that record... Obviously, if you're talking about anything with jail and being incarcerated in prison, if you was in that system and you lived that life, you got a plethora of fans off rip because there's a lot of men and women who have been in that system. So obviously the record needed a, a stronger voice to, to, to give us some validity and it, it, it destroyed the radio. At the same time, wasn't Akon signed under T-Pain? Or was no, T-Pain? T-Pain? No, no, no. Okay. T-Pain, T-Pain was, was under Akon. Okay, so I I will go ahead. Yeah, so when that record came out, I don't even think T-Pain was as big as what he was ending up becoming because T-Pain at that time had just had sprung. And I think he that was the same album that he had, I think, Bartender on. But T-Pain came out a little bit after. Right. T-Pain was was still a a teenager, actually. Oh, okay. Which we didn't really know. I think T-Pain might have been 18 when. When all those songs that that we know of, like that's when he started his reign. 
Okay. He was definitely a teenager. Cause um, I think, cause I don't think, I don't think Akon, in my opinion, I don't think Akon is bigger than T Pain. Personally, Akon is. Akon is bigger worldwide than T Pain. Oh, well, worldwide. That I was gonna yeah. say because of the worldwide appeal, but okay. I think you make a good point in terms of catalog in the states. They might be a, about equal, but Akon songs got bigger. I feel like. I feel like. Mm-hmm. So Locked you know what? Been- I'm calling it here first on the podcast. We need to see T Pain versus Akon. I would definitely see that. Need to see That'd that. That'd be interesting. That is an interesting thing. What I will say with with T Pain and Akon is that um, when when um, when T Pain, I think when T Pain came out, Akon was probably on his second album. I would want to say, and I think we have to remember, like Akon. I mean, Akon was responsible for a lot of different artists too. He is. As remember, you know, like Gaga, and I forget the other little white boy. Like a lot of them kind of came up through akon's management group but with t-pain in particular i get what he was saying i think he was just saying that he had bigger ambition for t-pain and i think when when gaga broke out and became so like blue really really blew up i think in his mind he was like yo if i could get t-pain looped into this situation t-pain could get bigger and really really step out but i think what 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 ultimately happened was that he was trying to mold T-Pain into something that didn't necessarily have to happen. T- and Akon... Mm. No, I was going to say, T-Pain definitely could be a bigger star. He could have had more hits. There's definitely a period in T-Pain's career where, uh, especially after, what was that shit, Rodeo? Or whatever yeah, Rodeo, yeah. Yeah, three rings or whatever the fuck the that. That was one of his, that was one of his best albums. He was killing the game at that point. I was like, God damn! But Dude, after that, it, it it went it was downhill. For, for it was T-Pain. downhill. He T-Pain. was down. I mean, T Pain. Yeah, I remember T Pain was on everybody's hook. He was. If you needed a hook, it was T Pain. was bro. killing like, shit. He, he was really and you and at the end of the day, T Pain can't front. Like he got on a big market because of Akon. Because Akon really helped brand him and put him out the proper way. To the point where it's like, like within about two to three years, T-Pain was major. You know, like the first album drop, he did well. And then Epiphany dropped and he blew him out. Like he really was a huge success after Epiphany. Right. And it was on everybody's hook. The whole Miami market was blowing up because everybody was at the, everybody was blowing up the same time Ross you know, Khaled was doing his right. thing. And and you remember, know, he had Nappy Boy Productions. So Nappy T-Pain Boy Productions out, was definitely popping. He came out doing it the right way. Had his own label, and his label at least came into play for uh, Epiphany. Nappy Boy Production came in and was on Epiphany and then everything after that. So, like, Facts. I guess I guess part of what Akon was saying was like, yo, we set him up for greatness, and he didn't reach greatness. He 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 or he we set him up to be a legend and right now he's just great, which I can mm-hmm. understand that T Pain I in my opinion I think he had a couple of more solid hits and like right now he should still be hot in my opinion. Nah, like, you, I don't think T Pain is ever not not gonna be hot, but I guess I'm getting nah, T Pain could have been way bigger, yeah. I mean, bro. So, the so, thing is people I, not people not running for his his hooks no more. Right? And no, like no, they're not. 
I think like, that's what that's what Akon meant though. I think Akon meant auto tune never died in the pop world. No, it slowed down in the hip in the hip hop world. Yes, it did. <clears throat> that's but a it good didn't point. Didn't die in the pop world. So I think what Akon meant was just like yo, like after Epiphany, T Pain had to make a decision, and I guess what Akon was saying was just like yo, you could have went, you could have went Afro Latino, you could have went pop, you could have went so many other directions. But you chose to keep your sound the same, and that's why your career took a bullet. He could have went that ha- flow rider route because flow rider is way bigger than he should have been. Flow rider is huge, <laughs> and he ain't he's not that Pitbull. that. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. T Pain could have blew the fuck up, and I think what what Akon was just saying. I think Akon probably wanted that, and was just like, "Yo, like if you don't get on this wave, you're going to take an L." And I guess because Akon was just like, "Well." I don't support what you're doing anymore because I don't see it going much further. T-Pain probably thought Akon was trying to hold him back. But at the end of the day, what Akon said was right. Like, he was trying to set him up for bigger and greater things beyond just the urban market. And I, that was the reality. I think T, T-Pain for me fell off after Three Rings. Revolver was... Was not it. I think there was a couple of singles on Revolver, but the the project itself, 2011, eh. Oblivion, eh. And One Up, I never even heard of, and that came out 2019. Oh, shit. But, yeah, I, I, I think what, what Akon was, I, I listened to that interview, so he was just, I think he was just like, listen, he saw that bag that Gaga brought in, and he was just like, yo, you could get with this bag over here. Cause this bag different over here, and I think Payne chose to do the Three Rings project, which is a good project, like production wise and everything. Now Three Rings is cool. Oh, three Rings that is my Wayne. shit. That I think that was the one that had the song with Wayne. Um, mm-hmm. I could put you in the Hamptons. Yeah, he got mm-hmm. he got the he had, he had the record with uh Chris Brown, and he also had the record with uh Ludacris. Chopped and screwed is one of my favorite T Pain records of all time. So, but we it wasn't look- different though. We look at their discographies, um, some of their top songs. We got T-Pain has I'm Sprung, I'm In Love With A Stripper, Buy You A Drink, Kiss Kiss, Good Life With Kanye West, uh, Low With Flo Rida, uh, Got Money With Lil Wayne, and then Blame It On The Alcohol, Jamie Foxx. And then mm. we look at Akon. Akon got Smacked That, Lonely, Don't Matter, I'm Sorry, Blame It On Me, I Wanna Love You, Number One. Right now, uh, bananas. Uh, oh my fat ban- bonanza. Uh, play hard, beautiful. Uh, who that girl locked up? Soul Survivor. I'm paid. Yo, Soul Survivor was crazy. Oh shit! You can find me in a that shit was crazy. That's a that's a real nigga anthem right there. Oh shit! (laughs) That's a fact. And then never never took the time. So they they're kind of even in my opinion. They kind of even. Yeah. It's just that Akon may have a couple of more top tens. Akon Akon is the international star. So now so now we getting into the meat and potatoes. You know the nigga that's still running the game eleven years going. Drizzy Drake. So I'm trying to figure out though, is there a Drake record that you can remember X that the nigga sound like M? There's only one record that comes to me, and that's honestly forever. And he didn't even sound like M on forever, but it was certain shit he was doing. 
No, nah, I think Akon was bugging out, and I I don't know if I don't know if he was being a hundred percent. I think Akon didn't know what to do with Drake at that time because he probably didn't. The 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 type of label and the type of sound that he was building is totally contrary to what Drake ended up being and doing. Yeah. So I I don't think first of all I don't think that would have worked out. I'm glad that it didn't. Um, and I don't think Akon really knew what to do with Drake because that wasn't his sound. Akon was like. I want to I want to appeal to the street, but I don't want a real rapper. I want niggas that got melody, which right. is where we got T-Pain from. And then you have the Lady Gaga situation, and Lady Gaga was just straight. I want to get a white girl that seems a little urban, has a little urban flavor to right. her, but she's really pop. And right. then if you have you throw Drake in the mix of that, where does Drake fit? Drake don't fit in that. I don't think Drake would have just stayed pop. Because Drake has a few pop records, but Drake likes playing with sounds that eventually cross over over time because Drake's standard, he's a rapper. He's a lyricist. He would he would have turned that nigga Drake into Pitbull. And I would have been tight. And been the tight. niggas would and, and we would not have the Drake that we have. We would have not have today. the Drake we have, correct. We would not have Scorpion. We would not have He wouldn't be doing doing lyrical shit. He would be doing a bunch of pop records, right. a bunch of singy shit. Right. Uh 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 Ramos Santos type right. sound like he wouldn't have been uh, lyrical at all. We would have never, like you said, we never got stay scheming. We would have never, never got, got a none lot of, of that shit. Under, under Akon um, having Drake. So I'm glad that that shit didn't happen. So this is a random question. What if T-Pain got to where Akon thinks he would have? Do you think Akon would have been bigger than Drake? You mean T-Pain bigger? I mean, yeah, yeah, T-Pain. Like, internationally, if T-Pain really went through all those motions. Nah. T- okay. T-Pain, but T-Pain would... The the difference for me is T-Pain would still be a sought-after artist right now. He would okay. be like I was gonna say that, yeah. the Rick Ross of poppy, auto-tune-y sound. Okay. Like, like, you, like Tiana Taylor still putting Rick Ross, because you can only get that Rick Ross sound from Rick Ross. So she got him on Bear With Me. Got Rick Ross on that. He, she would, T Pain could have potentially been like the hove of that lane, where it's like, yo, he still could put out a, a project right now, and people would still run to it and still want to hear. Right, it. right, you right. And he wouldn't have been killed like when Jay Z did um, DOA. Yo, it wouldn't have damaged his career so much because he wouldn't have relied on the urban market to support him as much. If not, he would have still been a songwriter writing mega hits for somebody. You feel me? Like, still writing hits for some, you know, new pop icon that's going to come out and still making bazooka bucks. So I think um, regardless, he wouldn't have been as relevant as Drake is right now. But like what, what X said, he would have still been sought out, if not for his voice, for the writing, because people would have known he was versatile enough to still write uh, a pop record. So I think that would have been the biggest difference right there. Like if you hear it, like a good example would be DMX drops an album right now. People still going to listen to the shit. I agree. I agree. I agree. I probably will. People will run to it. They see DMX in the iTunes on Friday. Niggas are still going to listen to that. So because of the voice. I feel like that that should be the same energy that Akon should be getting. I'm not Akon, that T-Pain should be getting. But if you hear about a T-Pain versus right now, you'll be like, oh, that's cool. But you don't see him and be like, yo, he's a great. When I heard that DMX versus, I was like, yo, I don't give a fuck who he's going. Snoop, 
cool. May not be the matchup that I'm looking for, but I, I'm running. I'm right. rolling with it. T-Pain, it's like, oh, that's cool. Who like it? It'll. I'll probably be more interested in the the second card than I am in the first card in T Pain. Yeah. If it's T Pain versus someone that I really think is exciting, then I I'll be more excited about it than just hearing like a T Pain versus someone that's low tier I mean, or whatever. Because tonight's versus bar. is gonna hey, be crazy. I, I was about to say like who who, who y'all y'all fucking with for tonight, nigga? You know I love me some brandy, nigga. I'm sorry, I love Monica, brandy, but nigga, brandy, I need that brandy. Definitely, I'm going with brandy. I need my I think brandy. Monica will take this one, man. Monica yeah, got what, a that's... better voice. I think Brandy got the better catalog. My opinion, Brandy, Brandy, nigga, have you ever? Have you ever? Bro, that's all Monica I gotta got say. Some songs, bro. That's an argument. Yo, thing. regardless, I am going to enjoy. What this shit start at eight? Eight o'clock. Yeah, I am going to enjoy the shit out of this. I drink. agree. I'm. I'm definitely watching that. That's I'm, that's gonna be a beautiful. That's gonna be a, a very beautiful battle in general. They both have strong songs. And we're we're all of us come from that era growing up in the nineties and the early two thousands. Exactly. If it's not Britney's Monica. I'm putting that shit on the bigs, my nigga. <laughs> that shit that shit <laughs> that shit is going on the bigs, my nigga. Fuck Facts. fuck you heard. Like Facts. But um I, You had to have a crush on one of them. You had to it was always so brand new Monica. Yup. <laughs> yup. Who would you hit? Brand new that, that was always a question in elementary school, bro. Like in in seventh, eighth grade, it'd be like, so who would you rather be out with, Marty you, or Monica? Brandy got the slight edge because of Moesha. We're a little bit more, like, attached to Brandy because of she Moesha was on TV sure. and we kind of felt like we grew up with her. That's so, a fact. And Brandy, and Brandy came out first. Brandy got signed at 16 years old. Yeah, Brandy definitely came out first, but I think Brandy's a bit more... She's a bit more well known because of her acting. Yes, and that that is that is a fact for sure. But I don't know. We we finna see tonight because we pound are for pound. I want to see. Yeah, I want to see hit for hit. What what Monica is going to throw up against certain Brandy songs? Because Monica do got Brandy, hits. Monica got hits. Brandy is another one that I think should be bigger than what she is. Honestly, a hundred. percent I think Brandy should be bigger than what she is. Correct. I agree. I feel like the shit that fucked up Brandy's career. Is when she took a hiatus and then she ended up in that car accident and killed that lady. That shit fucked I mean, up. That, I don't that. think many people, maybe on a person, like maybe on a a, a personal, in, uh, mental health uh situation, it might have fucked with her. But I don't think the public is still holding on to that situation. I don't think the public is holding on to it. I feel like Brandy, obviously, you know, she, you know, definitely took care of the family, uh, tremendously in terms of money and support. But I feel like Brandy's career, my opinion, never recovered from that. Her professional career. I mean, career. shit. If uh, that's hard to recover from, so I could understand that if, if 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 that if that did kind of play a factor in her maybe and, not making music. And Brandy also had a situation, if I'm not mistaken, Brandy had got divorced as well. She definitely got divorced. I can't remember, but hmm. yeah, I, she, I know she that went that through was, a bad breakup. More recent was that not no, recent? No, that was that that was around was she that time. Dating Rodney Jerkins though. Yeah, yeah, she was, she was dating Jerkins, she was dating somebody that was in a football uh, thing. If I'm not mistaken. She was dating a so football speaking player. of dating, my man Rico Hundo was on uh, the Eight at the Table. Oh, wild ass podcast. That's a wild podcast. Yeah, uh, and so he was saying it's like a show podcast. I don't know what they're deeming it, but uh, he was saying that a lot of people 
go into dates trying to buy the girl instead of date the girl. So he was like, a lot of dudes will go and spend $1,000 on the first date, hoping that splurging and doing all of that is going to make the girl want to spend more time with them or make the girl fall for them instead of just taking them on a date that actually gets both parties to get to know each other. Now, first things first, I don't know no niggas spending $1,000 on a date. Me personally, I don't don't know those niggas either. I don't care if niggas got great credit. I don't know them niggas. Don't. I'm saying in those circles right now. That that's all it is. <laughs> I'm not saying it's not happening. I'm not. I'm, it's not. It's, it's <laughs> happening. It's happening. It's not an but average nigga thing, though. It's not that's, an average nigga thing. That's a that's a drug nigga thing or a nigga you got money. To listen, pay after we come money. off this, three I'm niggas. A, after we come off this, we just gonna have to call Suave and just figure it out. Scam a nigga, <laughs> drug nigga, got money nigga is spending got money three nigga and got money nigga is entertainer slash. Slash athlete. Yup. Slash Sla- Slash banker, actor. Uh, slash act- entertainer, bro. Entertainment covers music, acting. Right. And know, I'm talking about you know, first date. I'm not talking about on a date in general because I've spent over a G on a date in general if we like going outside of the state or or something of that so nature. Wait, spent- so wait, so I got a question though because you sent me the shit, bro, and I watched it when I was in AC. So... Are we talking, bro, because this is what I was trying to explain to the person I went with. Are we talking food first date, bro? Or are we talking food plus whatever else the date comes to a hotel? We're talking, about the, the, we're talking 24 hours. Okay. You pick shorty up. Okay. You go and get something to eat. Okay. Entertainment for the night. Okay. And... That that's it. Food and entertainment. So I food would, and entertainment. I would, I would I would deem it as what you and Shorty agreed upon as it being a date. So like for instance, if y'all said if you said, yo, mind you, we're talking about first date. So if you said maybe you and Shorty was talking for a little bit and you were like, yo, I want to fly out to to Miami and let's spend a weekend out there. We're gonna go to this, we're gonna go to live. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. I would consider that whole thing uh, a dating experience. But if we're talking about one night dating experience, then let's do it that way. 24 hours. Oh, fuck up, my nigga. Well, this, this is the type of shit. No, nigga. I'm not saying that. The fuck I'm doing that. Nigga, I'm talking about right now. First time me and Shorty finna I'm not chill. doing that. We're staying domestic fucking week. <laughs> we staying in New, we staying in New York State. We hopping on a flight. We staying in New York State. I'm not doing that. But in New York City, nigga, we, we ain't leaving the fucking. We going state. to Manhattan. Money, That's what we. Going. I can see a money nigga saying that though. Like yo, then yo, you come. cornball too, nigga. If you, this is the first time you're sure. But then again, you know there's niggas that be catching chicks off off of Instagram and then be flying them out for their first date. They, they really do. I don't understand that, but a, hey, that's different. I'm not doing that. Nigga. I'm, I'm telling y'all niggas right now. Call me what you want. If I'm, if this is the first time me and you finna chill, and I'm gonna fly you out. I'm just saying. <laughs> you ain't getting flown out for your shits and giggles. You getting flown out to have some fun. Fuck out of here. You going to get a flight, go to live. You going to get some money to throw. You finna go to this five-star restaurant. You finna stay at this resort. All this shit, I don't even know you. That's right probably going That's no, probably going to be over $1,000 if you do all, all that. All I'm saying is I'm not flying nobody out that I don't know for certain I'm going to have a good time with. 
If I fly you oh, out and then I'm miserable for the two days that you here with two me, days? nah, I can't do it. Dub, that, that, dub, that ain't for me. Unless, unless you live in different states. Now, if you met a shorty, you live in here in NYC. She lives in, you know, Atlanta, and you're like, yo, I really want to take you out. I'll fly you into the city for you to come and chill with me for a couple of days. And she agrees to that to come to the city. You want to put her in a hotel, and for the weekend, y'all are going to hang out. You have to be a get money nigga to do that. So, um, you know, if especially for me, if it's the first date, you have to be willing to spend a couple of grand if you're going to fly her in, put her in a hotel. Yeah, because that's five, right? There's five on the plane right there. Uh, uh, two, uh, two, two fifty to five. Just, just for the for the round trip. Two fifty to I five mean, just, sounds just, just very simple accurate. Simple math, bro. If you flew, if you're flying in shorty, right? Let's say two fifty for the round trip from ATL. Let's say now you're bringing her in Saturday morning, right? She's she going to stay Saturday night. You're flying her back out Sunday. You know, you spend another buck fifty on the hotel for the night to put her in the in the fucking wherever, whichever hotel you want to put her in. Let's say Marriott. We put her in the Marriott. Let's, say, let's, let's say Marriott. You know, that's a calm 189, 200 for the night. Now you, you're not flying shorty in to take her to some basic ass restaurant. So you're gonna go to a nice restaurant. Some shit you're gonna be spending at least three hundred for for the night. Shit, with, with alcohol, at least three. With, at least three. At, at least, least three. Facts. At bare minimum three. Right. And let's say dinner is dinner. Let's say you want to take her somewhere nice. You ain't taking her to no basic ass space. Let's say our niggas go watch a fucking go to the fucking theater. You go Broadway. Nigga, we finna go watch the Flying King, nigga. Nigga, that's another three hundred. I was about right to say there. another three hundred right tickets. there. Clean. Three to That's five, my nigga. Depending on where you sitting. Depending on where you sitting. Depending on where you right. And if you're trying to be a money nigga, you're not putting her exactly. You're not putting her at the top. You're not doing the 125 ticket. Nah. You're gonna do the, the 269 each ticket. She literally gonna be so literally a foot five, away from the stage. She's gonna be a foot away from fucking touching symbols neck. Foot away. So check this out, right? So you go to you go to you go six o'clock in the evening, y'all head to Broadway. After that, y'all do dinner. That's another three. So yeah, eight hundred already. Now y'all finna hit the club. Bottles. You already know the full spectacle. <laughs> Niggas, you, gonna do bottles. you gotta do bottles. You gotta if you do flew everything. shorty out, you gotta do bottles. You, gotta. you it's, a it's, corny it's, ass nigga. If you, you don't do if bottles. You, don't. <laughs> you, flow, you flew it, but you can't buy a bottle, nigga. You're such a goofy ass. There. <laughs> Your priority is fucked up. <laughs> fucked up, nigga. You fucked up. <laughs> right. Right. So now you had another seven hundred for the night at the club. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! And another seven hundred for the night. This boy. shit getting bad. It's just getting another bad. Another seven hundred for the night. Yo, now you had fifteen hundred, nigga. Fifteen this, fucking. This 100. is why niggas need to know know their levels. Know yeah. your level, my nigga. Facts. You, you can talk to the baddest bitch on Instagram you want to, but are you finning to drop fifteen hundred every 1500 time you try to see her? Every time. <laughs> we actually had two grand by the time you factored the plane ticket in the hotel. Now we got to add the Uber. You know, Uber ain't all over the fucking all city. Of that. that is another 150 for the night. Because she's not 2200 She's not coming out to take care of herself. Facts. So she's going to be like, she need her nails done, hair done. You might have to buy her a fucking outfit. Slap on another thousand dollars. Yo, if you got to buy <laughs> so, shorty an outfit, yeah. bro, yo, you might as well, yo, you might as well be a... That's Saturday, bro. We're not talking about Sunday. <laughs> wait, wait, what? What? Morning. 
You forgot brunch? Yeah, you know that. You know y'all gotta. You know y'all gotta go to brunch, bro. Endless bottomless mimosas (laughs) and fucking sunny side up eggs, nigga. Bro, slow down, nigga. We're starting over. Slow down. (laughs) We're starting. (laughs) We're starting the fuck over, bro. It's too much. It's too much, bro. No, we had four grand. That's where the fuck we at right now. $4,000 $4,000 for sure to come in and you still might not get no pussy. Bro, so how we got to four right G's? Now? What? <laughs> because <laughs> bottomless mimosas ain't cheap, nigga. Bottomless mimosas Yo. and steak and sunny side eggs up ain't cheap, my nigga. And, and looking at Rico got a killed a little bit for, for what he said, but I think that what we're saying is what he meant. Like, if you if you go into the into the into a date with the mindset that Yo, I'm finna to just be extravagant, and that's a guarantee that Shorty is gonna want to rock with me the long way or short way, whatever it is. Trying to do, you trying to beat for the, excuse me, trying to beat for the night or whatever it is. You're trying to buy her, as opposed to you could you could do the the, the fifteen hundred to four thousand dollar date, or you could do the five. Five hundred to seven dollar. Don't even, and that's crazy too. Well, you could do the two fifty. You could do the two fifty date, and still and, that, and have a yeah. better time than the, the buyout date. Me personally, I'm yo. If if I gotta do all of that to impress you on the first time that we hanging out, it ain't worth it. Because that mean to me that means there's either I know that there's nothing in common between me and you, and so I'm trying to distract your ass. With all of the lights, shits, and giggles, right? And and I'm just trying, like I'm trying to buy you, right? Uh, but if if I can take you somewhere, and it's not so much about being cheap about it, but if I can take you somewhere, it's an experience that I know you're gonna like, and it's not all of the extra shit. I'm not flaunting, and we have a good time. Then that means that we have something to build. I'm I'll never advocate for somebody to ball out on the first date unless, again, it's one of them rare situations where. You met Shorty off of uh, either a mutual friend in a different state or you met her off of Instagram and you really, really, really trying to put on that good first impression. But But I would never suggest that. What if the first date is her birthday? Like, that's the first date. That's that's a good question, bro. That's a good question. I mean, don't get me wrong. And I think I I, I don't want people <laughs> to feel like I was just wilding out for no reason. No, no, no. Depending on where you are in life and the type of woman you meet, if y'all are in the corporate world, you could spend a good 800 to to 1000 for the night. Because, you know, Early. going to a Broadway show isn't extravagant. It just depends on where your pocket land and the type of shit you're into. And if you so, go to fucking uh, whatever steakhouse... You dropping three just cause, just cause. If if that's what you into. If you go you to I mean? if you, you go could... to Morton's, if you go to P.F. Chang's, if you go to uh, pot, the the depending on with, depending on the sugar factory, you're dropping bread. You're dropping some money. Like like there's some steaks, eighty dollars right there. Easily. That's nigga. I just learned so there's that... some steaks that's a thousand dollars in the city. Oh boy. well, we're not even so. I'm talking about regular <laughs> nigga shit. I'm talking about a regular fourteen <laughs> hey. ounce. Yeah, you like know, you go to the restaurant, a nice aged steak. You, you get know, the like, you get the fucking steak meal, and then she want to be fancy and get the steak and lobster. lobster. You already looking it's at one fifty. I was about to say <laughs> lobster normally starts at forty nine ninety five at most restaurants anyway. So you already know you spend a fifty. You can go to Red Lobster for the night and drop one eighty for the night at Red Lobster, yeah. my nigga. Like 
It's not even nothing fancy. And Red Lobster's like, not about, even what it used to be. Red Lobster to me is some regular yeah. shit. Regular, red, but I'm just saying, like on a not good red, night, y'all. Go, red Lobster red is is, is uh, some niggas, you know. Red Lobster is is restaurant McDonald's now. Oh like, shit! It, it, well, it I mean, should listen. be at 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 a. Uh, what I mean by that is, it's not like most people are not going to look at it or for a first date. You're not getting away with that. If you take a yeah, show of the rest, Red Lobster for the first date, niggas, is, she's going to look at you crazy. So I but, agree. I Red Lobster is a regular date night. Regular a, Red Lobster a is a date, date night with a, with your shorty that you've been with for a while. For a while, yep. Hey, Y'all hey, just you know, let's get out for the night. We just trying to. So chill. then, so so then, my question is now. So what are the factors, my good brothers, that determine where you should take shorty for the first date? And if so, what's actually like? What's the temperature? Is is dude trying to really? Cuff shorty is dude trying to smash because I feel like if you're trying to cuff, that determines where you go. If you're trying to, oh, if you're trying now to, now we pardon. That determines where you go. Now we pardon. So, all right, because we about to give these niggas gems. <laughs> we about to this, give them the clues. This what we doing? <laughs> this what we doing? All right. First off, it's all about the energy in the conversation pre-date. Okay. Whatever y'all was talking about before y'all even get to the. To the space of being on the date will determine for you the energy that you should be giving off for the date. Like if she's already talking freaky, nasty shit, laughing, joking, kikiing, whatever, then you kind of know that you have some leeway. If she's talking that nigga, I'm taking her to the sex museum. Like that's what I'm saying. You have leeway (laughs) to maybe be like, all right, let me. Let me be playful with it, but it's also a date. So I'm not going to, like, I'm not going to play her. I'm not going to be like, come to the crib and it's our first date. Like, I'm going to, I'm going, I realize that she might be on some type of time or she's uh, at least open to certain conversations. So let me go to a place that may open that conversation up a little bit more or uh, just seems like it's something she's interested in. Now, when it comes to what, what your vibe is, or what you going for, that all is determined on the date, in my opinion. Like, unless it's explicit beforehand, and even explicit beforehand, something could happen during the day, and Shorty is not even on that type of time. True. So it's always about reading the body language during the date. And my homeboy told me this in high school, and it'll always ring true. And I I always, I, I advocate for this too. On any first anything, first date, First time smashing, first time kissing, whatever. The woman will lead that situation. You gotta, you gotta let her body language and you gotta let her movements dictate that. Because if you try to be the aggressor too early, too soon, one, we already know that could end up in the wrong scenario. And then two, that could be a turnoff. For a lot of women, a lot of my female friends, when I'm talking to them about certain things, a lot of them are like, yo, don't try and kiss me unless I try to kiss you. A lot of them are, are like, yo, I hate when niggas uh, try to be too aggressive too soon and it makes them seem like cornballs. So I'm not saying that you can't be subtle about it or you can't try and and uh, see what's up physically. But typically, the girl is going to give you a sign that she wants you to kiss her. She wants you to touch her a certain type of way. Or even she wants to smash. 
Like, it won't be that much of a mystery, and you won't have to have a quote-unquote game plan. I think a lot of niggas get it fucked up because they try to go in with a game plan to smash, and then they kind of they keep trying to stick to the game plan, but the energy of the night then went left already. Shorty not even feeling you like that for the night because of some wacky shit that happened earlier in the night. So now she's just kind of like, yo, I want the date to be over, but you still trying to stick to this game plan of, yo, we going to smash her, or yo, this, this night going to end with a kiss, or whatever it is. And it's like, nah, Playboy, that shit is over with. Like, she done dictated the pace of this. And if you if you realize she switched the pace up, maybe you can you can kind of change the energy back to it being a good night still or ending a certain type of way. But if you stick with this game plan of I'm just trying to smash or whatever it is, you're gonna do yourself a disservice and then that might be your last date. Solid advice. Solid, Solid advice. Solid. Solid advice. Uh I'm, I, you know, I don't do first dates no more. You know, I don't know what y'all niggas is talking about. So, I'll just say, you know, um, yeah, either you in it to win it, or you gonna be looking like a cumball. Just don't go out here spending a thousand dollars for the night, and show you just looking at you like you stupid because you think you're stunning. And right. Like, look at this corny ass nigga right here. Clean. Right. You know what? I'm gonna just get this lobster real quick and these scrimps. And go home with my belly full. Clean. True that. You know, a lot of niggas, like, you know what the dude said was right. Like, you out here trying to ball out of control, and all Shorty want was for you to get to know you, and you out here just doing the most. Thinking that you're going to get some drawers. She wasn't even on that time. She wasn't even on that time, boy. You (laughs) know what I mean? Like, she she, she was just like... And I get... And and a lot of times, like, what what y'all both said is true, too. If you've been talking to Shorty for a minute... She gonna know if she was trying to let you hit from the first time she, prior to even going on the date, she she was like, let me see how tonight goes. Oh she yeah, like, facts. I'm facts. already feeling him from our conversations, our Facetimes, whatever. Now y'all hang out. She gonna really see if she really wanna let you stay down that path. There's definitely dates that years ago I I know I forced because now years later when I would talk to the the woman that I was trying to get to know. She'd be like, yo, Malek, like, you forced to kiss or you forced the sex or I had a shorty tell me, yo, the sex was whack. And I'm like, damn. She's like, you rushed. You was, you was trying too hard. And it had nothing to do with the bread. It was like all the shit that came after the date, all the shit that was started coming after. I was like, yeah, nigga was eager, horny, hungry, just starving. I mean, I think we all... I think we've all been in a space. I don't, I, you might want to clarify the force part. That sounds sus, but <laughs> but I know I know what you mean. I know what you mean by like you forced the the situation, meaning the energy wasn't really yeah. there. But you kept you kept pushing for that energy, and maybe you got to that destination, but it definitely wasn't what it was supposed to be. Nah, like, it was just more like, like nobody really. Yeah, it wasn't enjoyable for either one of you. Yeah, because I, I had a show. They tell me. If we didn't have sex so soon, you probably would have been my man. I was like, damn. Nah, I mean, I I've, was like, definitely, wow. I've definitely uh, been in that same box where it's like, sex didn't need to happen. Right. right. Like, like we, like, this could have waited, but because I was so focused on that happening, right. it was, it was whack. Yeah. Like, it was bad. Yeah. It's happened, it's, it's happened to all of us, I think. And yeah. I that was the first time that I kind of, oh, I, I really I don't know what y'all niggas is talking about. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I, I sat, 
I sat myself down after that and I was like, why? Like, like not every opportunity that presents itself, if you not if you ex aren't ready to have sex with said individual, then why are you trying just because the opportunity is there, why are you going down that road? You're not ready. You didn't want to have sex, really and truly. Or or you were still hesitant about yo, where's the energy at like um like this girl is kind of presenting it, but you're still kind of nervous about it. That's what I mean. Like you're right. nervous about what this may mean for y'all. So it wasn't necessary to indulge in it. And ever since then, I'm like real particular about those situations. Like I'm not I'm not really it, if it don't feel like it needs to happen, I'm not trying to force not to see force again, that word just don't sound right in this conversation. But I'm not <laughs> gonna push for for like if the opportunity is there and I'm not ready for that opportunity or I'm not trying to indulge in that, I'm not gonna gonna just do it just cause. Right, like, right, all right, right, it's here. The sex is here, so let me do it type situation. I'm over that. That that's not happening on this side. And maybe that's counter to what niggas is supposed to do, quote unquote. But I'm just at a space where it's just like, yo, I want you to have a great fucking experience when it does go down. And if my first audition is trash because I'm in my head about it, I'm doing myself a disservice and I'm doing you a disservice. What so. I feel is trash though, to be honest. If we both know we don't need a date to have sex, bitch, why am I giving you food? Because a lot of women still want the date to happen to just see if they're going to get along with you. No, I'm saying. just about the sex. I'm saying. We've been talking for a minute. Whether it's virtually or on the phone, we done met up a few times, but we actually never had an opportunity to go out on a date. And now it's date time. You can't tell me. That you're going to base the date on how you feel about me sexually. If we've been talking for a minute. (laughs) I think think a a lot of shorties do that, bro. Off the date? Yeah, I think a lot of shorties. We sitting across from each other over food and drinks? And hookah, maybe? And shots? Yeah, because a lot of shorties, bro. Believe it or not, bro. A lot of shorties still think about it from a perspective of, yo, like. It's value. It's value. It's like, yeah, it's like, Spend I'm not going to give him the pussy for free. Like, this nigga got to do something to earn the pussy, whether it's food and drinks or entertaining her. It's like, she doesn't want to feel like she just gave you the pussy And that's, that's partly our fault because of how we, we've, we've said, like, oh, if she gives it up too early or what, like, in the past. I'm not talking about us. But niggas have, have painted this narrative that, oh, if she just gives it up, X, Y, and Z. So a lot of women have been raised and and brought up to feel like, yo, yeah, I might be interested in having sex with you, but you not just going to do whatever and that's that's it. We going to go out. (laughs) You going to you going to butter me up a little bit. And then if I already had my mind made up that that was happening for the night, that's what's going to happen. I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, it leaves us on the bad end of the, of the bill. You got to front the bill or whatever. But I also think it's kind of helpful. It's all about perspective. Because if on that date you start to see certain qualities, even if you had your mind made up that you wanted to have sex that night, but you start to see certain qualities, you might realize that you're wasting your time. I don't that even. A fact. I don't even look at dates like that no more. Like, to me personally, like, 
if I know deep down inside, bro, me personally, that I'm trying, I'm doing my best to avoid us getting on a date, and I know all I want to do is smash, me personally, I might say that up front. Actually, I've said that up front. Sometimes it works, sometimes it didn't. I'm just like, yo, this is actually what I want to do. And if Shorty's with it, she's with it. But it wouldn't be initially. It wouldn't be like the day I'm telling you I want to have sex with you is the day we have sex. No, I'm telling you this from now so that if and fucking down the road, you start to feel like you kind of feeling a nigga. I was never feeling you like that. This is what the fuck I want. If you still entertain that and I'm with the shits, we both had a role to play. But if you're the only one that thinks that having this date is going to bring you closer to me in a different way, you got me. You got me and you got me and Jimmy fucked up, right, Jimmy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, she got us fucked up. I mean, I respect the honesty. I, and I, I respect the honesty. That's me personally, because I'm not going into a date, fellas, in 2020 and beyond at this point, knowingly, knowing that I really don't want to get think, to know Shorty Flow. It fans, don't make sense. I think what distinguishes also trying to clarify is that. And I think X is the same way. I mean, I don't know nothing about this, but I would just jump to this. <laughs> I would just say this Yo. from the third party listening uh, in. Allegedly. Is that allegedly. Allegedly. allegedly <laughs> that um you gotta know when to friend zone certain people still, even as a man. So if you do talk to Shorty, that's and the you part I'm talking that, about. And you know, Shorty is cool and everything. She's cool, you know, <laughs> y'all y'all talking and whatnot, but that chemistry isn't there. Cause also for me with dating personally, I feel like dating is a premise, is 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 something to build into what would be oh, wait, what, wait, we, for a we, relationship. We podding right now. Hold up. You said a you said a major key right there. In terms of like I one I think it's important to be as be honest, like distinguishes. You got to be honest about your intentions. Don't don't string anybody along as if they're gonna be your wifey or your girlfriend or someone that you're taking seriously when all you're trying to do is smash. Right. That's what leads to broken <laughs> hearts, and that's what leads to a lot of people feeling used and abused at the end of the situation. Um, but I think it's also important, like Flo was saying. To really set the parameters of what this relationship is, because there's only so many people, if you're a regular nigga, if you got money to, to date and go on multiple thousand uh, dollar dates with multiple women all week long, cool. But there's only going to be a certain amount of people, and if you're a man dating women, uh, only a certain amount of women that should be in the category that you're actively kind of date to that degree where you're going here, there, whatever. And then you need to clarify with if there's anybody else that you're interested in, but it's only on some like chill or casual situation. We just do what we do. We just hang out when we hang out, whatever. That needs to be clear. Like all those things need to be clear. Are you right? I, I agree 100%. I agree. 100%. I'm in agreement. Let's talk about this Joe Budden thing real quick. Um, Joe Budden left Spotify. He did two episodes of the podcast. He did one Wednesday and he did one Saturday where he described how the relationship between him and Spotify went south. He basically said that within the two years that they've had this deal with Spotify, uh, there were some bonuses that were promised to him that didn't happen and then they tried to tell him on some technical that's why 
he didn't meet whatever quota. He didn't really like that because obviously he saw the numbers that he had versus the numbers they had. So they were in disagreement there. Uh, old Joe, he said, would have kind of flipped the script and went crazy. But he said he's gonna honor, he was honoring the contract. He was going to make sure he gets through it. Another scenario where they'd say, yo, you're the number one podcast. What we're going to do is we're going to buy y'all watches, any watch y'all want, any Rolex, whatever. They go to pick out the watches, and then they tell them, uh, yo, y'all kind of, y'all over budget with, with these watches. Y'all said so any then, fucking watches, though. Any kind, the, nigga. Then they told them, yo, um, he was like, yo, what about vacation? And they told them, nah, y'all can't go on vacation. Y'all could pre-record some shit and put it out, but y'all can't go on vacation and just not put nothing out. So he was like, Whoa. interesting. Whoa. Finally, he was able to. That's wild. To get, yeah, that shit is wild. That's wild. Finally, they they were able to get that week off. They did do a week vacation. Um, and then when COVID hit, they went off. Uh, they, you know, they took a week off uh, to get everything back together. A week or two. Yeah. He says at that time, his father got COVID and they thought his father might pass. And at the at that time spotify reaches out to him and basically says hey when y'all got when you guys coming back and then someone who just joined spotify basically says to him hey well if you guys need to know how to do a home setup i'm gonna teach you uh but you guys gotta start making episodes again joe felt some kind of way because he felt like yo everybody knows that my father is my main priority right now i don't want to hear nothing about me coming back to a podcast that's my intellectual property and a podcast that I know the fans, so I know they'll wait for me or not. Wow. Um, and so they did have a contract renegotiation. However, what Joe said is the issue why he feels like he will not be returning to Spotify is within the contract that Spotify wants, they want to be able to own all of Joe's IPs, all of Rory's IPs, and all of Maul's IPs. So really? if Maul goes, if Maul goes and does a show, they want to own that. If all the pull-ups that Joe does moving forward, they want to own that. Uh, anything that Rory does, if Rory puts out an album, they want to own that or have a piece of it. So they basically saying they want to have a hand in all their intellectual pop properties, as Joe describes it. And Joe is like, if I was to take a deal like that, what would I be saying to creators? Because Yo. you should always own your, your intellectual property and or at least have majority ownership of it. And especially when the audience is going to follow you wherever you go and you you bring the audience to said platform. It's not so much that they they are helping you get an audience. Your audience was already there. So that's where we are with this situation. Spotify has put out a statement, said that they offered Joe a very large sum of money and he's not telling the full story, whatever the case is. Um, and so here we are. How y'all feel? Spotify, feel honestly, man, fuck y'all. Because the reality is that you are a bigger company. You are a mega company. Shit was all good just a week ago till they come through and repo that vehicle. Something happened in the contract that for Joe, who was in a better space with y'all two years earlier, y'all fucked up. I don't even think it's as deep as a brand new person jumped on and 
Joe felt some type of way. No, some shit was really said that had to have got him tight because mad people was losing their dad and their mom during COVID. He wasn't the only person. Mad fucking people. And I'm pretty sure their jobs was saying the same fucking shit Spotify was saying to them. When are you coming back to work? I'm sure, son. So Spotify, don't make it seem like Joe did something to y'all. Nah, y'all did something to the Joe Budden podcast. This is y'all fault. Take this fucking L. Don't, don't tell us that y'all had, you know, some money situation with him and he wasn't with it. He's not giving a full story. No, this is a story that we fucking taking and we sticking to it. Fuck y'all. I, I'm just going to say, I think, um, especially with a podcast that is a bit more of a free speech type of thing where you really talk and express your, your ideas, you know, there's no, there's no real censorship to it yet. I think for that, and I think Joe understands that he doesn't want that to be stunted because the minute they own his intellectual property, it's over. they could control how that information is being perceived. The ads, and how it's being put up. what ads yeah? they're putting on it. So... I think Joe was just like, if he gives that up, he gives up complete ownership of something that he built. And I don't think he really wants to do that yet. Or he doesn't feel the value they're giving him is worth him doing that. And, you know, I think there's other things that happen along the course of the, the whole situation that I also think um, they might have kind of put certain things. I think Joe also probably got annoyed because they put him on the, they put the show on the back burner. They used to promote the shit out of that show, to be honest. They definitely put it on the back burner. They, they're they not promoting it as much anymore. Nope. And um, and I don't know if the numbers went down or... I think the bigger issue is just that when they gave out these deals, Joe and them was a part of the first batch of people that got those type of deals. And as other bigger podcasts looped in, you know... Well, that's what it changed. is. So one other thing to note, so yeah, definitely. The Joe Budden podcast was the guinea pig for this type of deal. Before the before the Joe Budden podcast got this deal, nobody else had a deal like that. Let's just make that clear. Nobody had a major deal with one of these DSPs uh, to the point where it was like, yo, we're promoting it and you're our premier podcast. Literally, Spotify was just getting into this podcast game when they took on Joe Budden. And a year later, now they have all these different exclusive podcasts. But the biggest one now being the Joe Rogan podcast. They just they just signed that deal, and I think they signed him for a hundred million. Oh shit! So, bananas, bro! A hundred million for a podcast, bro? We living in a million, different time. Hundred million for the podcast, wow. and. Again, once you do that, though, and Joe made a great point. He said this on the podcast. When you, when you, first of all, there's two things. Spotify, a lot of people, a lot of the, the industry is fucking up the podcast game. And I'm going to tell you why. They, they don't know, they don't understand podcasting. Podcasting is one, it's about a culture. And two, it's about a feeling. People listen to podcasts because of the feeling that they get from the hosts and the camaraderie and the content, and the chemistry yeah. and the content all together. What the industry is trying to do and what they don't understand is they're just trying to slap celebrities on podcasts and thinking that that's going to bring numbers. Right. Nobody gives a fuck about what Adele has to say on a podcast. We really don't. she's a guest. We really don't. Nobody wants to hear Adele every week on a podcast. We Sorry. don't. 
like I know Odell doesn't have a podcast, but yeah, liken to Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer. Nobody wants to hear. Maybe there's some people that want to hear her every week, but Amy Schumer to me is not that type of personality. No, where you could listen to them every week. If they, Kevin they Hart have, had a podcast, that's different. That and he does. I mean, they do. Oh, he does. Paper okay. Cup boys. okay. Yeah, Paper Cup Boys. But but there's only certain personalities and people that really make the podcasting space what it is and make it unique. The industry is just thinking it's like everything else. Okay, we take a hot name, we we put it in this this sphere of podcasting, and it's going to take off and it's going to do numbers. False industry, you got it fucked up. Y'all niggas need to you you guys got to go back to the A and R days, and y'all got to go and y'all got to look at these grassroots podcasts and see the energy, see what they're able to do, and then uplift them in whatever way, shape, or form. With that in those type of scenarios, then yeah, you're gonna have a little bit more ownership of IP, uh, or at least more to negotiate because you're literally taking something from nothing and making it something. So I understand that. But when you're dealing with a uh, a platform or a group of people that are already coming in with five hundred thousand views every episode on YouTube as well as wherever the podcast, the audio is, you're talking about like a million views and listens a week. You can't try and take that IP. Nah. That's never going to work. You're going to have to fight me or kill me. Shit. Like, like even with our situations, I'm not going to be that willing to give away the IP. <laughs> I'm sorry. They're going to have to, I'm sure they're going to need a piece of the pie if, if it's a, we found y'all. From here, and we promise to get you there, but we're not talking about y'all taking the whole IP. I don't, I don't encourage anybody to let anybody take their intellectual. Property. I really feel like when it comes to shit like that, man. And I'm not gonna go too much into some of the stuff that I've built, but people will see some shit, brothers, and they'll be like, "Oh, I thought of that," or "I can make that better," or. You know, this is what I can do. And really and truly, they might have the money to do it. That doesn't mean they have the credibility and the likelihood to actually make this shit happen. Niggas could be like, I got $100 million right now for dad has some bow ties, which is cool. We might be better off taking the money than actually taking the full deal and maybe giving them something after we spend the money like on some this is what you guys get, and then this is going to be our return of interest later down the road. But we're going to still have control over it. It'll just be their money that we're playing with versus us taking the money and the deal because then the deal might not work out. The money might enhance a few things, but the podcast still might be in the same place a whole fucking year later. Unfortunately, with our situation right now, we would have to take the deal. They have more leverage. It's all about leverage. So right now, they would have more leverage if they're like, yo, our platform hosts 5 million listeners, active listeners in the podcasting section for, for brand new podcasts. They get 20,000 listens first week, every podcast. They have, the, they have the leverage in that case to be like, so this is what we're going to offer you. Y'all three are going to get XYZ money and you're going to get our advertisement team. You're going to get our management team, our producers and this is what we promise will happen at this point in time. Within that, this is, like you said, it's all about return on investment. They ain't going to be doing all that shit for free. Nah. And if they, if, if they believe in the brand, they're going to want at least 
some ownership in the brand. They're going to want some IP. 30%, 40%. I'm lowballing it. Really and truly, they're going to try and strong arm us out. They're trying to get the whole thing. I was about to say, they're about to take, they want to take the whole control. And be like, well, that's what we, they, it's like a buyout. Well, in reality. I'm sorry, but they, the niggas ain't going to treat the podcast like it's a fucking album. And that's what the industry is doing. They treating podcasts like they albums. Get the fuck out of here. We good. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard. That it's, creative it's control really shit is it's scary, man. That's scary. When, when, what happens is a lot of times with people is when they've never seen... They're treating it like they're treating the music game back in the day. Yeah. When you've never seen a certain amount of money in your life and someone comes to you and says, listen, all three of y'all, 250 a year to do the podcast. Right. That sounds amazing. You, y- y- y'all don't got to work nowhere no more. Right, that's it. Y'all each, y'all each getting 250 and don't worry about anything else in terms of, of advertisement. We're going to we, take control of We got a whole team of that, right? You guys page. just got to show up. You guys just got to show up. You got to provide us with the content. You still get a voice, of course. You still get to tell us what to do and da 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 da, da because we don't want to take away from the authenticity, but it's a matter of the podcast is actually making these niggas seven million. That's the difference right there. <laughs> Between the advertisement, the merchandising, all that. Meanwhile, we like, only got 250 not, not, out the deal. That's crazy. That's it. That's what the difference is. Now it's different if you're like, yo, we're giving y'all 250 and y'all could take 30% of the revenue stream coming in with it. Now niggas could be like, oh, all right, we're not getting what we want. But at least we're getting something, and that's open to negotiation down the road as the podcast develop a bigger voice. But like you said, until you have the leverage, all of that is still just, you know, all that is 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 hopeful wishing because they don't have to because they have the leverage. Yeah, your best bet is to do a short deal which stipulates you're going to have to give shit up in the beginning. Now, that's, a, that's inevitable. If, if you're not coming with a large audience already, you're going to have to give shit up. But if you, if you, put, a, if you put a stipulation that says that y'all could renegotiate right. the IP or anything like that, then you might have a little bit of a chance if they decide that they're willing to do that or and to how much they're willing to, to kind of go back and forth with you. It's basically like owning masters. They they want to own your master, <laughs> which is the whole... But in this case, it's the whole product. So it's not it's not the song that they own, and they own, they own in that whole entity of whatever that brand is, right. including y'all on the brand. That That's what would happen to mad artists back in the day. There's a lot of artists from back in the day that didn't own nothing. They didn't own their name. They didn't own their, their image. They didn't own their... Their intellectual property. They didn't own the lyrics to that goddamn song. So you know, all they were getting is just rights. They're just getting paid to perform that said song. They didn't own nothing else. So basically, what I'm getting is that I could kind of compare this to credit. The more I'm learning about what good credit can actually do for me, right for me right now, good credit can do more for me than a 850 score can do more for me in the long run than $850 in my pocket. That is a fact. Right this bro, you second. you have an 850 credit score right now, bro. You could buy anything you want. They're sending you <laughs> They're sending you a black card. L- literally. Easy. Clean. 
Let literally, they're gonna you're gonna see advertisements for a black card. If eight fifty credit score, you could do a lot. Eight fifty and and you could have maybe a let's say a hundred k salary. They'll send you a a company might send you a black card, right? And and tell you, yo, it is what it is. Like just. But it's more, it's on a predatory. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, It's not, Mm -hmm. we look at it as a a symbol of elegance or a symbol of status. Yeah, that's what it looks like on a surface level. (laughs) But they're basically saying to you, like, all right, you could run it up. Only niggas that need a black card is niggas that got millions. Millions in the bank. bank. Millions. (laughs) Uh, Hundreds of thousands to millions in the bank. I would say millions, bro. Even if you're worth a couple hundred grand, there's no reason you should have a credit card that without a credit limit. Like, you still got to have, you should still maybe, honestly, bro, I think you shouldn't have a credit card that's worth nothing more than maybe 10% of your annual income. Having a credit card more than that is... is Suicidal. Risky. Is risky. It's risky, especially if you're not mining it and you're just using it willy-nilly. Like, you just like, yo, fuck it, I'm going to just spend this bread on X, Y, and Z. You're putting yourself in a hole, for sure. Um, Before we get out of here for this Monica and Brandy things, get a few more things off. Um, The NBA shut down for three days because of the Jacob Blake situation. We didn't really get to cover that last week, but Jacob Blake was shot seven times in the back. After a reportedly breaking up a fight between two white women. Did Jacob uh, Blake survive? Yes, he did. We did cover it a little bit. We said it was two black women last time because we were talking about uh, black men and women in the divide. Protecting, so we could yeah. correct, correct that right now. It was two white women, supposedly, okay. that he was breaking up a fight between. Shot seven times in the back, and then the police officers had the audacity to go to his hospital bed and then handcuff him to the bed. Apparently, you- they took their handcuffs off. Recently, you you do but, know um, though. I don't know if this really matters to flow. I think now that we've corrected it, bro. I feel like it's even worse that they shot him now. He broke up a fight supposedly between two white women. That makes that makes the story a bit more fucked up now. I mean, it adds to it for sure. That's a little um, wild. And oh, wow. and then of course, so the NBA, the Bucks started it off and was like. That's their hometown, so they were like, "Yo, we we not playing in the playoffs because oh this, shit, we're not gonna we're not gonna distract the people. We should be out there fighting with the people. Respect it. Everybody else followed suit. There was a a shutout for like three days, and then they resumed on Saturday. They went back to playing. How do y'all feel about that though? Do you think the three days was enough? Do you mm. think that was performative? Personally, this is why I'm mad with it, and this is no disrespect to any athlete that may or may not listen to the podcast because I'm starting to think that I feel like my my uh, my interpretation of who listened to us was limited, but not everybody listens to podcasts. So I can't not act like there ain't people that are celebrities that may listen to this shit. So, you know, if you're a celebrity and you're in the basketball world and you get offended, I apologize, but this is how I personally feel. Wearing Black Lives Matter and taking knees, that shit ain't enough. I'm sorry. Um, for me, the only person that's really out here, in my opinion, really sticking their neck out, going on a limb, doing extra and beyond shit, is fucking LeBron James. And that's not because he's LeBron James. It's because of the, the risks that he's willing to take for black people and try to create opportunities 
that will supersede his career as an NBA player, as an all-timer, as a Hall of Fame, because he's literally not putting his money where his mouth is. He's technically putting his personal life and his business where his mouth is, too, because at any given moment, if LeBron gets too far with what he's doing with the movement, the this collective, niggas will, niggas will find any and every way to shut that nigga down. Every single way. So... The NBA players, you know, not playing games. Even the WNBA. Um, I'm sorry. I got to bring y'all in it too. It's, it's not enough. It's, it's, it's not enough. Personally, it's not. It's not enough. Why? I think, I think it, I think it why, was why, a Flo? statement alone that we're willing to do it should be enough. Bro, I mean, I, I get it. You want the result, bro, but <laughs> niggas still got a job to do, bro. Niggas are still contractually obligated to do certain things. These can't just walk out willy Bro, and like I told the people things, yesterday at the rally on behalf of Dad Hats and Bowties, when they asked me, I think like it was a a, a blogger, a, blo- a blogger came and interviewed the podcast. Um, So shout out to them from Courtney's Corner. I forgot the name of the podcast, but they actually just started. And the question was, why do you do this activist um thing distinguished? Like, why do you guys talk about it on a podcast? And I was like, because you can't, pick and choose when it's time to pick up the mantle and fight for your people. We can't pick and choose this shit. It's either really in you or it's not in you. You, I'm not, I can't pick and choose, Flo, whether or not I'm a quote-unquote do the podcast or not. If I really physically can't do it, then I can't do it. But I'm not going to be like, next week, yo, you know what, bro? I think it's time for me to go and become a monk um, and, you know, be done with this life because... I'm feeling like right this second, that's what I got to do. But I'm going to come back to the podcast if the monk thing don't work out. But right this second, you know, you're probably not going to see me for like another two years. Y'all niggas going to be looking at me like I got three fucking heads. The reason why I think that, I mean, I feel as if we can't jump the gun is because they, they said within those three days they were working out a plan as to what they wanted to do regarding not only the rest of the season, but in terms of activism. So we're, it's, we're yet to see what their plan of action actually will be. Um, the NBA itself is the one who kind of put out the jerseys and the Black Lives Matter shirts and things of that nature. But now the players are saying that they have a plan as to what they want to do in terms of activism. And I have to see what it is before I could judge it and say that it's not enough. Um, I I, I agree with Flo. They they were saying basically a lot of players, uh, if if the strike went on beyond those three days, we're talking about people losing their contracts to a certain degree. Contracts. And, and, and you see, I, I, I told Tiff the same thing over the weekend. I said it's not that cats just want to stop. LeBron has LeBron is worth a billion dollars. But think about Joe Johnson, who's, you know, number, you know, 10th player on the team making $1.2 million a year. Remember, the NBA, these cats don't get their contract up front. They get paid by the game based on the state they're playing in. So when they play in Portland, they get a check from Portland. That That's technical. The tax deductible comes from Portland, Oregon. So at the end of the day, it's not just LeBron or the bigger art athletes. A lot of these guys are living off their paychecks, bro. So at the end of the day, I get it. You the activism, you know, is nothing wrong with doing activism. You, we need people like you to do it. 
But as I said before, sometimes you got to kind of put, when it comes down to it, it's like personal versus business. You feel me? It's I'm keeping not it, just about. I'm keeping mm-hmm. it all the way a hundo when I say this. That, that This is love. Yes. I pray to God that has some bow ties becomes the biggest podcast on the face of the planet. I hope we're recognized for being the most brutally honest. Shout out to Combat Jack forever rest in peace who just gave us that wisdom that day we met him because I spoke about him yesterday during the interview. But I'm telling y'all right now, fellas, if I had to choose between the podcast and my people, yo, y'all can't have Distinguish. I'm sorry. I love y'all. And y'all can't have me, bro. And I, I wouldn't even take it personal, bro. You're making a decision based on what you have to do. At the end of the day, people make decisions based on what's best for them. If that's what you feel is best for you at that time, nigga, then do that. You feel me? I'm not going to... Me, I'm just looking for me personally. I'm not going to hate you for it. I'm just going to say, bro, if that's the decision you want to make, then go ahead. If you feel that that's the decision that ultimately benefits you and the cause you're pushing, then go ahead and do that because I won't take it personal. You're making a decision. And that's what I kept saying is that you got to make a decision based on what's going to be beneficial for you. I think you also have to be strategic because there may be a middle ground and we can't always forego the middle ground just to be one way or the other. I think sometimes when we do that, sometimes it feels like the middle ground might be the, oh, you you pussying out, quote unquote, or whatever. But sometimes the middle ground is actually the smartest thing because it gives you a better hand and a better play later down the road. Sometimes, yeah, rushing out in, in the front lines will look good. And maybe at the end of the day, someone will look at that and be like, nah, we need a brother like that on another podcast. So... We gonna we gonna say he's gonna be good for life or whatever. Or he's gonna be good when the situation is over. But if you don't have to put yourself in a position like that, then it's unnecessary to. That's how I see it. I'm not gonna unnecessarily do something just one way or the other. Whether it's like, nah, I'm just gonna be on the podcast. I'm not. I. I we we can't get too political because our our audience on this platform doesn't really like that. Nah, fuck that. We're going to be on the podcast. We're going to talk our shit. And if there's a way for me to also do what I need to do and spread the word, and we, we, we all sit together and find a way to do that while also fulfilling our contractual obligation, I'm going to do that. Like, I'm going to make sure that I can, can, can do what I need for my people and make sure that, one, my family is going to be fed, and two... There's also a, a audience that is attached to the podcast, so I don't want to forsake them either. No, I, I I I hear you, and I feel like that's something that definitely needs to be highly considered in terms of if a break was to happen um, with any one of us leaving the podcast for whatever personal reason. And just to clarify something, Flo, I wouldn't be leaving to benefit me at all, but I know I would be beneficial whether I was on the front lines or not, because like I was telling people yesterday, um, there was a lot of people that came to the protest. And, you know, you know, big shout out to Sean um, for, for thinking about his, you know, his, his good friends, exit being distinguished for allowing us to be in that conversation of, well, who's going to host the, the, the rally and the protest yesterday. And, you know, we were fortunate enough to do that. So big shout out to them. Big shout out to Courtney's Corner and um, his colleague, uh, RJ, um, the G for allowing us to do that yesterday at, at the Queens Museum and at, 
uh, Meadow Lake Park in uh, Flushing, Queens. Uh, it, it was amazing. It was it was dope. Um, and I was just happy to 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 represent, you know, for the podcast. But one of the things that I was stressing to the audience was. I don't want anybody here today to feel pressured about being at a protest or a rally or a demonstration if you've never been to one. Because the mm-hmm. goal is not to make you feel pressure. The goal is for you to be informed about what's actually happening. Because a lot of people are here today, like yourselves, you don't know what's happening. A lot of you think you know what's happening. You don't really know what's happening. You see a bunch of people holding signs and yelling and screaming or cursing or crying or taking a knee, or wearing shirts, or they got their hands up, and you think that is what consists of a protest. You think that is what consists of a rally. You think that is what consists of, um, heard you, Flo. Um, You think that is what consists of um, people being a part of something on that level, but that's not what it is. So I was just trying to inform people to start where you are. So if you attending a rally, or a protest, or a demonstration, or a march, if You not attending means staying home and reading about what a protest, rally, march, demonstration is. Start right there. If you've never attended one, maybe starting is picking up a book on what what was happening during the 1960s and the 50s during the sit-in era and, you know, during when we were doing boycotts frequently and when Dr. King was around. Maybe that's where you start. Maybe that is your introduction to what a protest and a rally and a march and a demonstration is. You don't have to physically be here. Some of us actually are serving a purpose by being here. Some of us need to stay home and do this stuff at home. You're still a part of the movement. You're still a part of the struggle. You're still a part of the fight. But don't feel pressured about coming out and doing it. But I also feel like there needs to be a distinction where at some point, and I was talking to the good brother D. Black, shout out to our our good friend D. Black. At some point, I think we have to make a decision, like a definitive decision between if we're going to do the entertainment piece and do the political in terms of the street activism or if we're just going to do one and let go of the other. Because I feel like we're torn. I'm not saying we can't have both, but all of our energy for us, I think, to be as effective in one area. Can you imagine if I was on three other podcasts, bro? My energy, my time, all that would be so split between this probably overlapping the information. Now I got to try to figure out how to distinct distinguish on this platform versus this one. That shit would be catastrophic for me, I think, because mm-hmm. I'm so set in that has some bow ties. We've been building this for almost four years coming up in November. Like, so we, we have a groove, we have a pace, we have a rhythm, we have an ebb and flow to try to recreate that somewhere else. I'd literally be taking a whole nother piece of me to give a brand new piece of me somewhere else. And I, and I don't feel, I don't feel like, to whatever the movement or the cause is at that particular moment, it would be fair. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think that, I mean, that's one of the reasons I'm sure there's been opportunities for both of us to do podcasts with other people. And, and I was like, no. Although, <laughs> yeah, although, although, like, I'm not saying that there is, like, never in the world or whatever, but it, it does definitely take being very intentional about that I'm not just doing a podcast with anybody. I'm damn sure not going to do it at the expense of that has some bow ties. This will always supersede any type of situation um, <laughs> anybody tries to bring forward. Um, and yeah, I think, I mean, I don't know if you was talking about specifically about our platform, but I think for our platform, talking about politics and entertainment is what makes us different from everything else. Because one, 
everything else either is in one sphere or the other, or they're not as informed about the politics as they are about the entertainment. And so the entertainment kind of overlaps the politics. They're not having the deep enough conversations. So that's really what makes Dad Has Some Bowties unique to all other podcasts and why it stands out to certain people. However, I think when you're talking about athletes who are entertaining and being political, it could potentially be a lot. But we also can't forget that some of the best political statements were made during entertaining others, whether we're talking about Chadwick Boseman and Black uh, Black Panther, if we're talking about Muhammad Ali, if we're talking about uh, raising the fist at the Olympics, mm. like all of those things happen while entertaining the world. Right. And so sometimes some of the best political statements are made in those moments. So I think it's just about a balance and an understanding regarding how to make certain things work and how to get people involved. Sometimes, and this has always been the, been the premise of this podcast, you got to mix the candy with the medicine. I said that same shit yesterday <laughs> during the interview. That's where we at. Yeah. With. So again, well, we didn't say this yet, and this is the last thing, and then we, Brandy and Monica got about 800 thousand people on the live right now um off off rip oh r.i.p chadwick bosman he he will forever be the our our king our hero uh i don't even know what else to say this man was just through and through an amazing individual he really was whether it was really was on screen as t'challa in black panther civil war any other marvel movie infinity wars all of that, whether it was playing 42, whether it was get up, uh, get on up or get up now, whatever, however you say. The, James Brown. The yeah. James Brown movie. Whatever this man did, 21 Bridges, the five bloods. This man always embodied black excellence. And also, always made sure his past work too. I got a lot of uh, theater friends. They said that they met him when they was in theater uh, school. And I was like, wow, he's just. He, he never passed up a chance to be black excellence and portray us in a way where we could look up to the protagonist or the character that he was playing in a positive light. And I just think that to be one of the most sought out black actors and to have done that route, like he didn't sell out and just do roles to do roles. Correct. Because he turned down a lot of roles too. Yeah. And then he got fired supposedly from All My Children because he kind of went to the, the showrunners and was like, yo, I don't really like how you're portraying black people. And so they fired him. And then they actually hired um, um, Michael Michael B. Jordan. They got him on there. Oh, so, wow. I didn't even know that. Yeah, apparently he replaced him on All My Children. And I, I, know, um, I know he just put out a statement, too, the other day. Michael B. Jordan, if I'm not mistaken, yesterday about Chadwick. R.I.P. man, that that shit really took everybody by surprise. It and did. a lot of narratives coming out, which I think we need to kind of have these conversations regarding when people are sick and you don't know. There's so many of your friends that are fighting battles. Don't even have to be a, a sickness like cancer, but there's so many of your friends that are fighting battles that you just do not know about. You see them on an everyday basis or you see them regularly. And because they look healthy, they look cool, they look like everything is fine, we treat them 
like they're disposable or we treat them. Uh, we don't appreciate them as if they could be gone tomorrow. And I guess this is kind of going into what would dad say. So I'll just loop it together. Um, and so I think that it is very important for us to really, truly, we really about this friendship. Like niggas like to call shit friends and family and all that. If we really about this friendship, you need to cherish the people in your life like they may not be here tomorrow. We, we need to really look at people and say, just because they look like they're in a good space doesn't mean we know that they're in a good space. Because a lot of times they're not. A lot of times they're dealing with things, whether it's stress, family issues, sickness, money problems, work problems, that they're not telling you because on whatever relationship status that y'all have, it's not necessary for you to be involved. And that's how Chadwick kind of put it out. It wasn't necessary for us to, to know that he was dealing with cancer. Why? Because it was his business and he felt like he wanted to deal with it the way he wanted to deal with it. And so he never made it public. But a lot of us go through life like that. A lot of us go through so many issues and we don't make the shit public. Or we don't even tell the people around us. And if we do tell the people around us, they know to hold it down too. The one but thing I, I didn't think- like about that though, bro, as you continue, people was making it seem like we need more friends that quote unquote hold it down. And I was like, I feel like it depends on what we holding down. Because if I know you burned down a fucking church, nigga, I'm not holding that down. Well, a fact. I think in, in <laughs> this particular down. scenario where it's a private, where it's your private business about your body and your illness, yeah, you definitely need friends to hold that down. But like you said, if it's a situation where you did some foul shit, I don't know if I'm holding that down for you. If you did, if you did some really, really crazy thing, uh, you could miss me with that. We're not doing. We're not gonna add the no snitching code. Yeah, because I've been seeing memes be created around that. I just, tons of memes on the gram about stupid shit related to Chadwick, and I'm like, that has nothing to do with colon uh, colon cancer. Fuck are y'all niggas yeah. doing? Yeah. So R.I.P. to to Chadwick, and then also just be kind to the people in your life. You don't know what's going on with them, and I think it's also time to. Really open up. Like, people got to be vulnerable with with your friend groups. I'm not talking about social media. I'm not talking about the... Perf- it's, you know why Chadwick kind of is throwing a lot of people for a loop? Because a lot of people are doing performative shit on these IGs, these Facebooks, the... I'm going to sound like an old nigga, these Facebooks. These Facebooks, these Snapchats, these TikToks. They want to be performative. You got niggas crying on live over stupid shit that don't really matter. You got niggas uh, fake angry about shit. You got niggas fake sad about shit. All to get likes and views. And so when some real shit happens and you don't even know about it, it's like, whoa, how did that happen? But at the end of the day, I think we need to like really start having conversations with one another um, and being vulnerable with one another in terms of friends, sitting down and being vulnerable and be able to talk to one another about the real shit going on in their lives so that we don't look to always bask ourselves into what's happening with celebrity lives. You have a friend right now dealing with a sickness that you need to tend to than being concerned about why or why not uh, Chadwick decided to tell people what was going on with him. You have a friend right now dealing with sickness, dealing with a breakup, dealing with hurt, pain, depression. So put your energy towards that. That's what dad would say. Yeah, man. A tough knot is I was doing some research randomly because um, I, I feel like I was always curious 
like why Taylor Swift like named one of her albums Reputation, which they, you know, a lot of critics say, critically claim like one of her greatest albums ever that she ever created. And I was reading up on her, um, her discography and just all the things that she's done. And one of the things that I just took away from that is there's a lot of things that artists go through in general that people do not, like they kind of gloss over. Like there's certain things that she owns, but then there's certain things that she will never own because she does, she hasn't reached the type of money that she could even own her, like she doesn't own none of her masters. She only mm. owns, she gets credit for writing material on the project and she gets credit for how they used it to promote the project. But she doesn't get any credit in terms of like owning any of the masterwork for any of her projects, like any of her albums. Yeah, so, that was a that was her big fight with the that label that she was a part of early on in her career. Yeah, she she's been battling with them about getting those masters. Yeah, so you know this just coincides with the Joe Budden situation with Spotify. Artists, creatives, rappers, singers, whatever you do in, in the entertainment, or even if it's a invention that you make, make sure. If you are going to, quote unquote, uh, go in with somebody in terms of using their platform as more leverage to like get your situation out there better, make sure you know exactly what it is you're signing off on. Because it'll be a shame if people is coming out with the next greatest thing that can compete with an Apple or Microsoft. And because you didn't really cross your T's and dot your I's, the company takes your IP, as we were talking about, and now you fucked. And now you really have no say in how it's distributed, how it's, you know, promoted, how it's advertised, how it's marketed. All you did was create the idea and they took it and they created the reality of what your idea is, mm, what it could have been. That's a good way to say that. Yeah. So just artists and creatives and anybody that's creating shit and making it, be mindful of how you sign off on these de- uh, on how you sign off on these deals because you could be signing a, a life sentence and you could be miserable for the rest of your life. Shoulda, woulda, coulda is something that's said after the shit goes south. You don't want to be a shoulda, woulda, coulda, y'all. Be a, you know what? I have control over this now. You want to be a now person. You don't want to be a damn. That shit fucked me up like 10 years ago. Like, I could have been 50 Cent, but instead you became Ja Rule. Shit crazy. <laughs>